welcome back. It is your boy, Six Pack Lapidat, and uh, the co-host today, Paul Mamonzer. Back again. Back again, sir. Becoming a frequent flyer. Yeah, who the fuck is Randy Cook? Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? He... Your new Instagram title should be the other KOTL guy. It should be the other other. The other, the other other, the other brother. Fucking Randy Cook has been around. He's been going for a solid minute. A um, couple things we were talking about before we got on here. That, uh, that, what, what's the beer? Ba pa Paps, Paps, yeah, Paps Blue Ribbon. Paps Blue Ribbon commercial from the early 80s. Was yeah. like, or late 70s, somewhere around there. Um, so we posted it, and a couple things that are pretty flipping funny about it. A, so it's a, if for anyone who, who hasn't seen this, it's an old school commercial from like early 80s, late 70s, circa pumping air. Yeah. Right? And, um... They're doing a... They, Actually, they, probably the same time as Pumping Iron, because Pumping Iron is like late 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. That's what Circa means, doesn't it? Oh, sorry. Around. I thought, yeah, I thought Circa was before. I thought Circa meant around. Oh. Uh, you got glasses, so I'm assuming I'm, I'm wrong and you're right. I'm assuming that. <laughs> but I've been wrong before. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, um, and so it's right around there. Right around when body... Like yeah. weightlifting in general is starting to be a big craze. You got guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everyone's all into it. So capitalizing on it, a beer company is like, let's fucking make a commercial with like a weightlifter. But here's the thing. This is where, this is where so typical bullshit with like these guys who were probably making commercials back then. Um, and even now. Even they, now you still get the same thing. They don't know the difference between bodybuilding, Olympic lifting, powerlifting. No. But back then, they're complete morons about it. Like they, they know nothing about it. Like you're a freak if you lift weights. So... The, the commercial is an Olympic weightlifter who took first place and to celebrate goes out with his homies for a couple and his girl for a couple beers. Yeah. Okay. So what do they do when they go scouting? Like let's let's fucking put some feelers out. Let's let's cast. They get they get a bodybuilder. Yeah, they get one of Frank the biggest Zane. bodybuilders of this, that period of time. Frank Zane. Yeah. Was Frank Zane in Pumping Iron? Uh, no, he was after Pumping Iron. Okay. Was he Mr. He's in Mr. Olympia, though? Yeah, he's one Mr. Olympia. Okay. So they get Frank Zane, of all people, who is not an Olympic lifter, but they don't no. know the fucking difference between an Olympic lifter and a bodybuilder. Like, yo, we go to, we go to fucking... No, up. they just went for the biggest guy they could they, possibly get for that period. They, I swear to God, they probably didn't know the difference, period. So anyways, they got Frank Zane, who is not an Olympic lifter. America's got plenty of Olympic lifters, especially back in that era, who would have been juiced up, jacked up, huge. You don't have to have a heavyweight who's fat and out of shape. You could get a guy who's like in the 90 kilo class, who looks absolutely jacked, could have played the role, but they don't know the fucking difference anyways. No. So they're telling themselves, who's the biggest guy? Well, I heard of a guy called Frank Zane. I think he's won twice. And they literally probably thought that's what he does, is weightlifting. Bring him in. Frank Zane's not going to say no to a fucking paycheck. Uh, <laughs> and national national advertising. He's like, yeah, sure, fellas. That's what I do. That's me. That's yep. me all over. So they got Frank Zane doing his best at a clean and jerk. Um, and the weights are probably fake as shit. Fake as Castleberry, which is a good fucking tie-in because we oh, got the Pitbull toys. Wow. Strength, yeah. strength cartel. There's interesting. A good interesting. We'll get that to a second. Yep. Keep Castleberry in your mind. So anyways, the weight, weights are fake as Castleberry. Shows him smashing a, a clean and jerk. And then he, he's all like, yeah, I won. Walks into the warm-up room. And then it, it looks like a bodybuilding show. Like it's everybody's doing curls. But they're in singlets. Yeah. So in the warm-up room for this Olympic lifting, the, the commercial producers have a bunch of guys in singlets doing arm curls. And these dudes are like 
45 years old, and not like our master's 45 years old, doing in a singlet, doing arm curls, getting ready to go on stage to do clean and Yeah, jokes. not like me on a Saturday at the gym. Actually. That's right. That's right. That's right. Only in a singlet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I'll be doing that as well as I, you know, yeah. prep for me. Rather, yeah, than yeah, exactly. up, rather than warming up squats, I may start doing curls. Makes ter- perfect sense, yeah. my friend. So, um, and he's unwrapping, he's all like, yeah, kick some ass. And then, and then as he's, he's all, he presumably showered up and he's leaving. So the arena's emptied and there's a fucking arena, which is another bullshit because we never pack arenas, but he's leaving. And on stage, you see eight guys picking up the weight he had lifted and carting it off stage, full bar fully loaded, eight men. And he looks back and he's like, <laughs> with his buddy as, as they're leaving. As though I just lifted that one man over my head and it takes eight guys to take it off stage as <laughs> if that's whatever fucking happened. As if in powerlifting meets or Olympic lifting meets, they'd be like, hey, let's not strip it and put it in a Oh, man, I would love to see them powerlifting meets just after the last deadlift is done. Yeah, Ray Williams. Everyone just walk, spotter and loaders just walk over, look down at the bar. Let's fucking cart this let's off. Let's cart this off. This is the easiest way to now, do it. And again, the weight looks mad fake as shit. It looks like mad. You could tell these fellas who are, even though it's eight guys, aren't, aren't lifting any weight at all because they're yeah. still. And uh, so the whole thing's stupid, but it's amazing at the same time. Oh, the whole thing, it's, it's not stupid. At, cheesy is the word I use. And the song is so amazing. It's and so incredibly 80s. It's yeah. And, and the thing is, too, because it's Frank Zane. And he's not an Olympic lifter. He never once would, even if he knew better, raise his hand and be like, oh, fellas, there's a lot of holes in this. You know? like, if they actually got an Olympic weightlifter who for real went to the Olympics, won gold, when he's jacked up dudes, they would have been like, hey, fellas, uh, you got fucking guys doing arm curls in a warm-up room. You got eight dudes trying to, instead of unloading the bar, just take the bar fully loaded. And where are they fucking walking off with it? I don't know. But they're going to load up the back At of the, the truck. Time, do you honestly think anybody within that beer commercial cared? <laughs> the, the producer would be like, hey asshole, what are you, a fucking writer now? Just lift the goddamn weight, take the check, and go home. And enjoy your 2-4 two, two on us. Yeah. At the end but, of the day, they're just looking to cash in on what was yeah. fairly big at the time, which yeah, was exactly. bodybuilding or lifting. Or yeah, that. they're probably like, hey, yeah. we, got, we got Frank Zane. Yeah, you know, he's from that Pumping Iron documentary. They don't even know. They probably ask, hey, you're from Pumping Iron, aren't you? Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, sure. He's like, yeah, sure. You went, you went to the Olympics, didn't you? Of course I did. You Lou now? That's right. Sure I'm Lou now. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Does this all look good to you? Yeah, I look exactly as all. The last competition I won, actually, was just yeah. like this. But anyway, it's fucking hilarious. And the song's amazing. And everybody's, they got brought back. I think it was Haney, um, who, who I got it from. I don't know where the fuck he got it. But uh, this thing, sometimes somebody finds a gem and says, yo, let's bring this back. This thing's got to go viral so we yeah. all know. But it's hard to get away with that shit more and more with the social media. Because oh. people will poke holes. Like, I'm, people are ignorant, but, like, in terms of, like, you know, TV producing and shit. But if they tried to put out a show or a commercial like that, very quickly they'd find out, get ripped apart, and they'd, like, pull the plug on the commercial. Or someone would be like, hey idiot we just gave you three mil to put a commercial together and you put this together and everybody's making fun of us like you like somebody yeah. would say something social media would be all on you oh whereas back in the day you write an angry letter again by the time it gets to them it's all exactly you're not getting that on tv these days yeah fuck i miss that yeah, like, yeah. i miss that level of cheese yeah dude it is so fromage i had to have a glass of wine and um some powerlifting news uh so kimberly walford said she will be at the u.s open yeah, which is an interesting 
I'm gonna mention to see how that goes. Her on a deadlift bar would be nice. Yeah, that's interesting. Her on wraps might be interesting. I see some people. But, some people can get huge out of the wraps. Well, some people get fuck all. And this some is people where, it hurts them. This is where I would wonder for her. Like she is such a. I'm not gonna say back dominant lifter. Well, she is though. But she is because she has these big, massive, long ass legs. Like, I'm not gonna say she's so far back. I'm not gonna say she's back dominant. But, but look, if she's, she's back, back dominant, dominant. yeah. Um, yeah, you can tell even the way she deads. Uh, yeah. You know, hips very high, and, and, and but like so that's, that's how much does she actually get out of wraps? Because she's not sitting back down into them. She's yeah. So I, you know what? Like when you watch her squat, definitely has this kind of like lean over. She has to pitch forward like a motherfucker. It looks like a it looks like a good morning. Yeah, she had with her levers. Yeah. So like I mean, obviously she can squat a lot, dead a lot, but that's just how she has to get it out of her levers. I don't know. I don't. I mean. You know, wraps is such a weird intangible that can ch- it can be a game changer. Yeah. Where someone could be like a much completely raw lifter A can be much better squatter lifter B. Throw wraps in, and all of a sudden lifter B out squats lifter A, and that happens. But one be- and that could happen to her. We'll see. Um, but one benefit she'll have, she's obviously a huge debtor. Yeah. And to be pulling on a deadlift bar, holy oh, shit! Oh, she is gonna get a lot. Yeah. I'm going to be really interested in seeing what she pulls. I remember John Hack posted, um, he just pulled on a deadlift bar randomly. This is when he's still in the IPF. And he's like, holy shit, my dad just went up 50 well, pounds on the spot. Yeah, I remember he pulled like 745 or something like that. And he was like, I forgot Which at the time much. he hit like 695 yeah. at Ron Nats yeah, or yeah. something in that sort of range. And he's like, I forgot how much a deadlift bar makes a difference. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit, I just magically put it on 50 pounds on my dad. So it'll be interesting to see. It's all relative. So he's like in the 700. So hers, she's in the 500s. Let's, who, what if she pulls towards six? Yeah, pulls, I don't know. pulls late fives. But that's probably late fives because I don't think it'll be 50 pounds percentage-wise. I don't think it works out with that. But you never know. Maybe she gets more out of the deadlift bar. Maybe it's kind of like wraps, uh, the ramping of the bar or whatever the fuck, yep. right? In terms of how the levers get loaded. We'll find out. But that's interesting, man. I'm very, the only thing, now she's not, she's in her 40s now, um, but she doesn't seem to be slowing down. No, I mean, she's still hitting PRs. She's, she's still, going to. She's still increasing her total year after year. Yeah, and look at uh, Jen Thompson. Yep. Who's in her, who's like 44-ish, doesn't look it, and is smashing. She's certainly not queen. lifting like it either. She's the queen, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, her last glory years, she could spend, hey, look, it, I already established myself as possibly the most, is she the she, GOAT, IPF she's, the GOAT? She's already a legend in the sport in terms of the IPF. 100%. Do you think she's number one in the IPF period? For that's, that's a tough question. You'd have. I'm, gonna, think, I'm not. I'm not gonna let you off the hook. I'll give you my answer. No, I think you have. To, it's got to be between her and Jen Thompson. Um, for me, I'm still gonna say. It's tough because you're talking about the best deadlifter in probably ever for female versus one of the best deadlifters ever. Actually, I shouldn't even say for females. Yeah. Versus one of the best benchers ever. So who's got the more star power? Who's got the more wins? Let's hear it, bud. You're stalling. You know what? I'm gonna go. Yeah, we'll say that she is. Kimberly Walford? Yeah. Okay. Because if you said Jen Thompson, I was going to call you a racist. Um, no, I think... That's, <laughs> I was, was going to get heavy on you wow. real quick. Real quick, buddy. I go from zero to 100. Real yeah. quick. Uh, no, um... I'm going to say... Kim- this is Randy Cook, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to say... No, honestly, I think it is Kimberly Walford, and I'll tell you why. Uh, they went head-to-head at 63 kilo, and Kimberly won. One year. That's true. One year. You know what? I actually and, forgot and, about that. And if, if, if it all... I think amongst both of them... You could, the only thing that you could, 
So if, if it's the closest it is, and that's as close a race as you can ask for, um, that could be the, the hair splitter for you. It's, I mean, that's, that's, you have to have something. You just, well, fuck it. He gave me something. Because I'm still on the fence. I don't know how to go. That'll help give me I mean, something. To me, it's like 1A, 1B. We're definitely splitting hairs. We have day, to, they're just both legends. The way you could say Jen Thompson would be, um, A, Thompson's dominating bench greater than Kimberly's going to dominate dead. Because I could see someone taking, in the future, someone will take her dead eventually. I don't think, I think Jen Thompson... Her bench. I don't think Edwards ever taking Jen Thompson's bench. It'll, it'll be like that guy you hear about in the original Olympics. When I mean original Olympics, I mean the fucking Greek Olympics in whatever BC. Um, and he set some crazy record, and it still stands now. That's going to be Jen Thompson's yeah. bench. Um, so there you have it. And then so I think I think that's the difference. And also, um, in terms of wins, Kimberly. In terms of we're talking just IPF. Kimberly's gone now. Jen's still around. And Kimberly being gone this last one, I think Jen picked up her most meaningful win. And the pack, that 63-kilo battle, thickest competition ever, probably in any weight class ever, when you put a gun to my head and said, what's probably the most competitive you've ever seen? It'd be that world, 63-kilo. Yeah, I would agree. The storyline leading up to, she bowed out the year before, massive injury, the comeback. You literally can make a book out of it, a movie out of it, and that'd be the culmination. It was the biggest... Win, I could remember. And, and, you know, like that's. Yeah, and I'm trying to find my mind She actually came back, and I think that was her best total she's ever hit. In it was PRs yeah. against the stiffest competition, against like a career ending injury. Which is why I kind of almost want to say that's, Jen right now is the queen so, of queens. Well, but you could, like, you, the only, like, you could, at 100%, you could. Only, uh, yeah, fuck. It's, you know what I'm starting to talk myself into the more I talk. Yeah. I'm like, but on the flip side, they did go head to head once in their primes. You know, one of them wasn't in their prime, the other one wasn't out of it. They're both in their primes, yeah. and Kimberly won a head to head battle. And that's that helps. again. That's that's the interesting argument is that she yeah. hasn't lost. Yeah, and that's big. But Thompson's been around longer. Thompson's been around since the nineties, and some of these girls weren't even born. Yeah, and now she's still whooping their asses, and she just beat the biggest, toughest. Like in terms of quality of opposition. Um, I think Thompson, but you know, Jen or sorry, Kimberly can be like, oh, quality bump decision. Well, I, I beat him. Yeah. So if Jen's if Jen's the best player, <laughs> so exactly. like, we're gonna talk exactly. about circles. Yeah. But we're right running right in circles at this point. We will. Right now, I'll say Kimberly. But I'll tell you what, Kimberly's gone from the IPF, and if Jen keeps doing what she's doing, then fuck it. And yeah. even if she doesn't win, but she next year she takes silver, but she keeps that bench thing going. Fuck it. Like I swear to God, she's gonna have a bench that nobody beats. And Wilkes wise. Like, I, no one will beat, like, that record. No, Wilkes-wise, no one will beat it. Wilkes-wise, she's the best bencher of all time. Like, there's, Crazy. there's nobody. So, and I mean, like, fuck, I swear to God, like, 100 years from now, it won't matter. You know what I'm saying? And there's very few records I'm, I'm not confident. Records are made to be broken. They broke all the time. Kimberly, phenomenal dead. I think someone's eventually going to take that. There's girls already in the 700, or 500, sorry, in the juniors. But nobody... Is getting well. Is there's other girls chasing her right now. Like I mean, yeah, you could easily see Isabella going. Yeah, exactly. In some few, yeah, yeah. Whereas you can't see anybody coming at Jen. No, you know, a guy, men, her, her men, men so. in the '83 or fucking no. Let's not do go that heavy. But anyways, whatever the fuck. She beat some of the men in the '74 kilo class. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Beats a lot of the men in the '66 kilo class yeah. too. Like it's and quality. Yeah, quality dudes. Um, well, yeah, that's, and that's where my thought is like you could take Jen's bench and put it into the 66 kilo class for men's open and it's still competitive 100% and you know the thing is um, there's going to be girls that are pissed off that you compared her to men 
to make give her credibility. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I think, it just, I think it just makes it that much more impressive when you take For it. For me, it's not an insult. No. Uh, because men are born with testosterone. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's, exactly. A nice, it's a nice little advantage, and she can still look some ass. But um, anyways, and also, real quick, Jezza's 400-kilo squat, front squat. 400-kilo front squat. Now, I um, asked the question to the followers, is there anybody alive who could out-front squat this man? I mean, Olympic lifters are phenomenal front I would like to point out that it looked easy as well. He paused it. Did yeah. he not? Yeah, he paused, he paused it. And that was on purpose. And and I'm fairly it. certain it was hard as hell from the video, but it looked like he was beltless as well. So, is there, like, you know, <laughs> Olympic lifters are phenomenal front squatters? Yeah. Um, is there, like, and I mean, Razazadeh, uh, the Iranian Hercules, he, like, they, so, so what they could do for squats is phenomenal. Okay, they're next level. I think Jez out front squats every single one of them. I think he out front squats anybody. Like, I don't think you could put anybody else against him and he would come out on top. In history. Yeah. Too. Let's throw that out there. That's phenomenal. You know, he's a, he's a freak athlete. And um, I, I almost wish I had a fucking front squat event because he'd be the world champion this <laughs> time. I was going to say, I think knowing your front squat, you don't want a front squat event, but... No, 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 no. I would be long up. Hey, hey, I'd be homie in the back with the arm curls. Yeah. Okay? I'd be exactly. long, okay? Uh, I'm waiting for the arm curl event in a singlet. Okay, my friend. No, 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 no. We're throwing up a front squat... Uh, that we're also throwing up an arm curl of that stomach, but, but, or a fucking tricep kickback. But um, today, uh, we, we left our boy waiting a minute. We got the, the uh, strength cartels, Pitbull Torres. Yep. And this guy, he made a Skype account. And it's Torres six six six. Jesus, I was him up. he just made it today. I mean that's it's like you you see that you they're already badass to join strength cartel you got to have strength cartel tatted on you, okay and that's what I expect from you by the way um, uh, not just like yeah, it's got to be KOTL you you've been doing enough shows I want that shit's visible like, so you at work like on the neck, neck tat yeah. prefer the face but what about like knuckles if I just got KOTL that's across. pretty fucking dope that's pretty badass I'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, man, these dudes are as badass as powerlifting's ever seen. We got tons of questions regarding that. And, uh, yeah, fuck, man. So let's, let's have at it. Well, first off, quick intro for anyone who's living in a cave and doesn't know who Pitbull Torres is. All-time world record holder in the 165 class. Yep. Um, and you'll see him at, like, the U.S. Open and all the biggest fucking meets. Um, oh, yeah, you know, he's, I mean, he's of the elite of the elite, obviously. Elite he's... of the elite. Um, he's not, he's not getting out of bed for a, uh, for yeah. a local meet, we'll say that. No, he's top of the food chain. So let's give him a ring and see what's up. So we got Pitbull Torres of the Strength <laughs> Cartel. How you doing, my friend? Good, man. How you doing? Not bad. No, not bad. Not bad. Glad to have you. We got tons of questions. Um, hey, so many people are intrigued by the Strength Cartel. What can you tell us about the pocket? <laughs> How bad is this? A, um, is it true to join, you got to get it tatted? No, I was just fucking around. Oh, uh, shit. Oh, <laughs> no, wow. I mean, still, it was pretty cool. If I post this, people are probably going to be like, oh, I'm going to get tattooed. So I was like, see who does it. <laughs> Dude, we were like. There's like seriously fans that have gotten like tattoos, like just like, oh, I want to represent, and we're like, oh, that's cool, man. Like, go that's, for it. That is absolutely badass. Dude, you actually have people tattooing because of your status. Like, that's just. 
But now you're like, shit, we can't change the fucking name for anything. No. We can't. Like, we are branded. Literally, other people are branding themselves. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, no kidding. And um, uh, so, and also, so let's let's take it back. So how how did the strength cartel get established? How did this come about? Um, pretty much, I, was, I met a uh, big boy when I was uh, playing uh, junior college in football. Okay. And then um, I kind of like, I stopped going to school, man. I just needed, to uh, I needed money, honestly. And then I uh, just got a day job, you know, worked normal hours. And then I uh, ran into big boy. Actually, yes, he hit me up on Instagram, and I, like, I didn't even, like, use Instagram, man. Like, I remember my friend made it for me. Like, I was just, like, I don't post nothing. Like, this is weird. I was all about Facebook, you know? Like, that was the thing. And then, uh, yeah, so Big Boy got, like, Rich Piana found him on, like, Instagram and was just, like, dude, this guy's a freak. Hit a Big Boy up. Big Boy came, like, to his house, and then he pretty much, like, started the whole 5%. And then it was like, yeah, man, come work out with me. And I was like, I was obviously down because I used to work at LA Fitness and I was like, you know, biggest, strongest dude there. There was no like motivation, like when there's someone bigger than you. So I'll go train with him. And obviously he's a monster and I just feel weak. So I'll go train with him like three days a week. I'll drive from like, uh, it was like a 45 minute drive just to go work out with him. Oh. And uh, so yeah, I would just go train with him. And then uh, he pretty much put me on with 5%. And then was like talking to Rich Piano, like, dude, look at my, I got a homie, like 180 pounds, like benches, you know, 405 and just all this stuff. And so I, then I started got a part of like the 5% thing and, uh, pretty much a uh, big boy just like kind of branched off and did his own thing. Like, uh, he, he was like starting strength cartel when he was with 5% and then, uh, he was just like, uh, telling Rich, like, hey, man, I'm like, what about this name? What do you think? And Rich was, like, super positive about it. Like, oh, man, that's cool, because that's how Rich started his own thing. He was part of a mutant, and mutant was another, like, uh, you know, nutrition company, and then he started uh, 5% and just started, like, branching off, and then eventually, you know, did his own thing. And then uh, he kind of, like, uh, once he saw it, like, kind of, like, all we had was, like, snapbacks and, like, shorts, we didn't even, like, and tank tops. We weren't even, like, making money, like, you know, because you got to front all that stuff. And uh, he kind of slowly, you could tell, like, he was not liking it. And then, long story short, he hit a big boy, like, one day after an expo and was all, like, over a text message, like, um, hey, your, your brand is conflicting with my brand. I'm sorry, but um, I'm not going to and you're not going to be able to like be a part of my team or something like that. No and so, really? Yeah. Yeah. And over a text message and big boy was like hurt. Cause they were like boys and like rich was like telling us when we were part of the team, he was like, I'm not paying you guys, but I want you guys, you know, I'm putting you on my YouTube for exposure. I want other companies to like find you guys, you know, maybe start paying you or, you know, you are sponsored by another company, something like that. So it was funny because, like, he was telling us to go do that or he's like, eventually, you know, do your own thing. And then once he did it, he was like, oh, it's conflicting with my brand when he's making, like, millions of dollars a month. No, you know? yeah, no shit. Yeah, like, so how big was Rich Living at the, at the highest point? Oh, big, bro. Who had lots of money. No yeah. There's that much money yeah. involved, eh? Yeah, man, like, we'd go to the expos, and it's crazy. Like, a lot of the expos, there are a lot of, like, beginners, you know? All expos are, like, people trying to get into fitness and stuff like that. So you see, like, kind of, like, the trendy stuff, and they just, like, go to it. Like, I don't know about now, but, like, he used to have, like, the longest lines, like, nonstop. We used to hang out there, and, like, uh, there would be a line from, like, the beginning to the end, like, period, like eight hours, and the line would still, like, never end. Whoa, that's absolutely insane. Yeah, I didn't, people I, didn't just, know he was, I didn't know Rich was that big 
were he was, he's a, he's he's like a multi self-made millionaire. Oh. Yeah, he was making good money, man. Like he lived in like I don't know where in LA, but uh, you know Bentley's like all kinds of nice cars and stuff like that. No kid. So um, he kind of took Big Boy under his wing, and then Big Boy brought you in, and you guys are part of uh, his five percent. And then yeah, and then he just out of nowhere. So at some point, um, you guys started kind of branding into your own thing as he had advised, and then eventually, just out of nowhere, without kind of discussing how you might make it still work. He just decided, now that's that, and did it on the text. Yeah, honestly, didn't even, like, confront him or nothing. And, you know, Big Boy took that personally. You know, he was, like, his friend, and he was just, like, you know, they talked about it. But, um, and you could obviously, like, Rich was going through a lot of things, bro. Like, that was, he that guy was addicted to drugs. Like, not even just, like, you know, steroids. Like, it was everything. He was freaking popping like all kinds of pills and stuff like that like he was always like he didn't take like xanax and shit like during the day like who does that you know but um yeah so you know he probably it wasn't really all, like all there and stuff but uh yeah man he's pretty much like and i, I felt like the not too, it was like not the other day big boy called me like hey guess what and i was like what's up dog and he was just like uh i'm off the team like rich kicked me off He's like, did he hit you up or nothing? I'm like, no, like, he hasn't talked to me. And, like, weeks went by. He never hit me up. And then Big Boy was just all like, well, like, I'm not trying to tell you, like, you know, stick with me or do whatever. Like, he does have good exposure. You know, you can stick with them. You'll probably get your name out a lot faster being with them. And I was like, nah, like, I don't even, I never really liked 5% anyways. Like, it was just, like, to me, a bunch of, like, it was cool at the beginning. It was, like, me, Big Boy, he got, like, some other cool dudes. But then he just started, like, all right, everybody's going to be, like, an ambassador. And he just, like, made it, like, pretty much anybody can be on the team. And then he was, like, he just legit, this dude legitly had fake weights. Like, fucking fake 45-pound plates that, like, bodybuilders would use. And they'd be, like, pulling. Yeah, they'd be like delting like six, seven plates like bodybuilders, right? And just like repping out and me and Big would be pissed because we're like, dog, we do this shit for fucking for real. Yeah. And there's these people like just using fake weights and like shit like that. So I didn't want to be ex- like exposed like that. And like, I was just like, I don't want to be with them anyways. So I was like, of course, I'm going to ride with you. And then and honestly, Big was like, yeah, I'm just going to call a strength card though. Like if that fool could do it, like we could easily do it. We're way smarter than him because like, dog, I'm telling you, he was running the, he didn't really run the business. He was more the face of it because yeah he was paying lots of other people to like do it but man he was like making youtube videos like he would barely train like he would never get real workouts like that fool like i i, I don't want like, to feel like exposing him and shit but like he's legitly fake like all his like muscles they were like uh like uh like you know work it out he tells like friends and shit but that shit was pure like silicone he was like he went to like mexico and was gone for like two years and then came back and was just like what chest like seriously like he had like body dysmorphia like seriously he was not like the head like that was like not not there yeah I you know a lot of people spoken on that that's yeah. kind of why he had like obviously drug issues etc but yeah um, yeah like he was real nice guy and all but like it's just like you know he wasn't you know he's fucking high all the time always gonna be nice mm-hmm well, maybe, yeah. Say, yeah. But it is, I can, see, I can see what you mean where um, you guys are legit powerlifters. I mean, we were just saying in, in the intro, like you got all-time world records and stuff. So if somebody's using fake weights and, and you're associated with them, 
people start asking about like who's legit, who's not. It's almost like yeah. when MMA fighters do pro wrestling and pro wrestlers do MMA, and then there's like, yeah. what's real, what's it's, not real. It's kind of a slap in the face as well. Right? It also is a bit of a piss. Oh yeah, like, it's a slap in the face. We do it for real. A ton of work to actually be able to move this way, and you're it, just up there making the same sort of exposure. Right? Or if it's like, hey, hey, dog, you just fucking out deadlifted me when I know for sure. Fact, I can have you, but you just took yeah. that last weight and repped it out. Like that's that'll piss people off. Yeah, exactly. So like, I was obviously like, I was like for sure, hundred percent gonna stick with Big Boy. Like that's my dog. So I was just like, and then it just like it was started as just us like just doing what we do, dog. Like he he runs the social mark the social media. Like it's um we have some people that help us that get us with the subs and stuff like that. But other than that, it's just pretty much him solo. He does that, and then. Uh, honestly, I just see myself as an athlete, dog. I just train and I post my videos. I don't have to make long, crazy stories. Like, and that's it. It's, it's pretty simple for me. Now, you guys have had a, uh, another famous beef, and we shared it. Uh, so, first off, who's who's all in the strength cartel? Because it looks like some scary motherfucking dudes. Some dudes. Yeah. Dude, it looks like dudes that Floyd Mayweather would pay to body bodyguard him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh. and then you guys ran up on Castleberry and fucking damn near scared to scared to death. <laughs> this dude was like, oh shit. Yeah. So that maybe, was, maybe that tell was us who's in the strength cartel and tell us about that story. Um, so like who's officially like like we I say who's in strength account is um is Mr. Orlando on Instagram, his name is uh, Bruce, um Chris Gorder and then uh G Money, which is Gino. Pretty much these there's these three guys from San Diego that we met. They Gino ran the food prep company with Chris and they were you know, they were up and coming pilots and they just like really like you know, they worked out with us and they're just cool. We just vibed with them pretty much. We just vibed with them. And uh, we're like, yeah, man, like come train with us. And so we kind of just clicked. And then uh, that actually dude, Bruce, that guy that used to have real long hair, he was like nowhere near, like he was like barely like even training. He was really weak and he, he's probably made the most progress the fastest, like out of just like out of nowhere. Like I'm so he was seriously squatting like 185, like when I met him, like he had no ankle mobility. He could even squat to parallel. He was like a quarter squatting 185. And it was just like crazy, deadlifting barely like two plates, three plates. But yeah, he, he's come on such a long way. But um, yeah, so that, those are the main like like I say, you know, that's in strength cartel because those are people that compete. And, you know, we go to the expos. But then Big Boy has like a bunch of homies too. And um, you know, like they got Big Joe, they got the face tats and stuff like that. And you got dudes who look like the four hundred pounds man, like these yeah, yeah, yeah. linebackers. Yeah, he's he he's dude. He's an older dude. He's like forty, I think, like forty eight or something like that. And he just takes good care of himself. And uh, yeah, he he did um, you know, he, he did some time with Big Boy. So that's how Big Boy knows him. And uh, so when you say the, did some time, what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, it's some some they went to college together. That's what I call it. They went to college. college. Oh, they went to college, college together. Got gotcha. you. Got they went to they went to Penn State University. That's what I call it. Okay, <laughs> I got you. Can you, can you State University? Can you say? Oh, yeah. Can you so say? He's like a brother, man. He's like a brother to Big Boy. It's like Big Boy. So is he like like? What's his background? Is he like? Can you say why he went to jail or, or any of this or like? Uh no, I I keep I, he keeps all that story. Okay, you know? okay, yeah, 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 fair enough. Definitely fair. Man. 
Fair enough. So, um, so yes, yeah, so he's definitely got some big dudes and some scary looking dudes around him. And then you guys have caught some beefs with some dudes and, and um, rolled up on Castleberry. How did this happen? Were you there? Um, yeah, I was there. Pretty much, long, long story short, like Big Joe used to train with, uh, used to train with uh, Brad Castleberry. Oh, no shit. In San Diego, because Big Joe's from San Diego. So he used to work out with them, right? And uh, Big Joe would buy Big Boy over too. Like, hey, I got a homie too that's real strong. And um, Big Boy would go over there and like just like one up like Brad Castleberry all the time. You know, they were doing shit. And he didn't like it. And he'd get all mad, like throw like pissy fits and shit. And um, pretty much, um, so Big Boy stopped training with them. He's like, man, this guy's weird. And uh, pretty much Big Joe and uh, Brad Castleberry, they had a falling out because he was helping him with his business. Mm-hmm. And pretty much Brad Castleberry like burned him with like stuff they were helping him with. And um, yeah, so they had a falling out. Big Joe, whatever, left him, was like, fuck this guy. And then obviously we started our own thing and was just like, oh, I'm going to ride with you guys, you know, like. He, they're more loyal. Big Boy is loyal and stuff like that. So he's been, you know, just sticking with us. And then we just went over there, honestly, to, like, be like, how come you don't, like, compete? Like, you know? And um, that was when Big Joe was a song. Like, he didn't he didn't want to talk about competing or nothing. He was all, like, fuck you, uh, Like, cause he, because Big Castleberry went up there, like, oh, hi, Big Joe. Like, try to shake his hand. Like, he, like he was all cool. And this, he didn't even stick his hand out. He made him feel like, a you know, a dummy. And he was just all, like, you know, I think he said, like, fuck you or whatever. But Big Boy's the one like, no, Big Joe, actually Big Joe was the one like, hey, how come you don't like come out and compete? Like, you don't put your, put your like, uh, you don't put your money where your mouth is because he's always like talking Will's record and all yeah, that. Yeah. And he's all like, I do compete. Like, I don't know what he was saying, but he, Brad Constable is just not all there. Like, that's himself. Like, he's a weirdo. Like, like, ah, 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 like, hi, hi, hi. Like, he's. He's seriously weird. Like he's dude, playing it up for the cameras because no. you're not sure. I, like I wasn't sure if he just. Some people play it up for like. Some yeah, yeah, yeah. No, some people play it up and they act like that, and you know. And but he's legitly like that. Like he's like I would say like you know they say like a, like a like a what is that like a. You know they say like big. What are they called? Big like strong people that are dumb. Like he's just a freaking uh, what do they call that shit? That's uh, the wrong word. That's not socially acceptable. What do you set me up for, man? Yeah, I don't know. What to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. A meathead. A meathead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just lifts and just like doesn't know nothing else besides training, and that's all he cares about. Yeah. You know, he's meathead, like dude. But yeah, so he's there just asking, "How can you compete?" And then. Yeah, then he got all scared and just like started walking away and stuff. And Big <laughs> Joe was, you know, Dude. we had to pull him back, bro. We had to pull him back. We had to yeah. hold that guy back. Looking at the video, if I'm working a booth handing out fucking protein shakes and these dudes roll up, I think I'd be like, oh shit, what the shit? And I, yeah. there was um something like, I think he went to shake a hand and someone's like, you're a bitch. And it's like, oh, what? Yeah. This, yeah, went from zero to, this went from zero to a hundred real quick. Real quick. And then yeah. some other dude like was around and some other dude like turned, like he heard that and turned and you're watching like, no man, don't, don't fucking turn. No, don't, just, don't, just, just, walk. just keep just talking keep to the girl you're talking to. And then yeah. it was Big Joe's like, you're a bitch too. He was like, oh shit. Keep walking. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, no, yeah, they had a call. They, like, they don't knew those two guys. They were, like I said, their business partners, and they had a falling out. So that was the whole thing. But, you know, Big Boy was the one that went over there, too. You know, like, why don't you, you know, compete and all that stuff like that. But, yeah, it's funny when we walk around, everyone's, like, you know, always kind of intimidated. But, or honestly, probably the most, like, respect, you talk to any of us, or most, like, respectful, loyal, like, people. It's just, you know, don't judge a book by its cover all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we didn't even know the, the background story. I bet mean, a lot of people listening had no idea that there was an actual background story yeah. to this. Everyone's just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, no, like, when we posted that video, a lot of people were like, oh, shit, were they, were they just full-on just bullying a random dude? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people were like, oh, they're bullies. Like, they went four against one, and, like, dude, we weren't even trying to fight. Like, we just went over there, the expo was dead. We we're like, hey, why don't we go stop by Brad Castleberry's booth, you know? Yeah. You know, so why don't you compete? Because, actually, Big Joe was like, compete the U.S. Open because that's what he was saying because I was like the next coming up me at the time yeah and you know he was just like you're a bitch because he just said he didn't want to compete yeah. and shit yeah and then that was another guy turned you're a bitch too that was funny well, well, well it, that goes back to the whole using fake weights and trying to you know it is a slap in the face and I don't know if people who do the fake weights bullshit realize there's like so many power lifters who get frustrated when they see that shit. It sets yeah. unrealistic expectations by people who follow social media. And when they hear like yourself, for instance, you, you're setting these world records, you could tell them numbers. These are real. And they, yeah. might, they might not even have contacts. Well, is that good? Because I saw fucking Joe Blow smashing out. Yeah, I saw, this for I saw some guy in a good life. Whatever. When it's, just it's fake. Mm -hmm. It's like they don't. They don't even get, dude. You're pissing people off, but it's legit, man. Like, yeah. No, it's the equivalent yeah. of like telling people your gym lifts or something like that. It's like, oh, I, you know, I bench three fifty or I bench four hundred five or whatever. Like, I said, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, or or it's, like, it's, 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 it's even worse though. It's even worse because they're like putting fake weights yeah. and saying I bench like five hundred for five, which is crazy. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, legit guys. Yeah. So you can see yeah. the animosity. But um, yeah. so, how did you get into uh, powerlifting? Like, when you when you do you have brothers and sisters? Um, I have two sisters. I'm the only boy. Okay. And did you lift weights your whole life, or how did you get into weightlifting? Um, just kind of always been intrigued by it, man. Like, I remember, like as a little kid, my neighbor had like a little gym, and I'd go in there and just be like, "Oh shit! Like, what is all this? You know, this thing like the weights and stuff like that." But honestly, it started when um, I played football. I, I started playing football when I was uh, seven years old, and I was little. I was short. I was, like, sh you know, obviously um, small. I think I was, like, 52 pounds. I was seven years old. And for a cert uh, certification, you had to be, like, a certain weight. And I remember I had to wear, like, three pairs of boxers, like, two pairs of socks just to be, like, Right, like to weigh enough you know when other people were like kind of cutting weight to like play you know try to play with smaller keep kids and stuff like that i was there trying to make weight and um i honestly sucked my first two years i was getting manhandled like i didn't even know the game of football football's like a it's not like oh soccer like you just get to run around it's like things are moving really fast yeah so uh I, was, I remember, like, I was just like, all right, man, I need to start, like, I need to start working out. Like, I'm little. Like, I need to, like, hold myself. And I just started doing push-ups at, like, fifth, fifth grade. And I remember how I would do, like, 10 push-ups every night because I was hard. And then I would do 20 push-ups. And each month I would, like, keep on going up. And shit, by the fifth grade, I was doing, like, 100 push-ups every night and, like, 100, 100 sit-ups. And I swear that's what helped me the most because, um, I did a, a what I first started lifting weights when I was in the seventh grade. But it was only for uh, for like two months. It was a football camp my like parents signed me up for, it. and um, 
the coaches literally were just like, all right, go in the weight room and like go in a circle, like just use all the machine. And the first day we maxed out and um, on like bench, and I did, uh, I think I did like 120 or like 125, and I was about like 120 pounds. So like it was good because I had a friend that did the camp with me, and he was like a year older than me, and he could only do like I think like 95 pounds. And he was like built, you know, probably like better built shape than me, but I was able to push more. Mm-hmm. And then so I did that thing for like a, a month. And I remember I was, I loved it, man. I loved the weights. Like it was cool. And like, I remember the coaches like would tell us like, yeah, you need to eat protein. They'd give us little protein shakes after. And I remember like going home, like op- opening the fridge and just reading like every nutrition thing, looking for protein, like those yeah. milk, yeah. those cheese, and just like eating it, dog. Cause my coaches were like, protein gets you muscles, gets you big. Like I just always had that like fantasy. I want to be like big and strong. Cause like I was obviously short. Like you gotta, you gotta have your, hold your ground. I don't want to just be like a little, little, little punk, little short. Yeah. 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 Well, we do. So yeah. So that's all it started. Just hold my ground. And then my third year of football, it like clicked. I made like all conference. And uh, I just like fell in love with that. But my very first powerlifting comp was when, uh, when I was 17. And um, pretty much my friend was training at a, like a performance gym where they train athletes and stuff. And uh, it was Chad, Chad Wesley Smith's gym, juggernaut. And uh, they're like, he's like, oh, who's the strongest kid at your school? And um, he's like, oh, this kid like Kevin. You him, man. Yeah, he's all like this. This um, he's like my friend. His name's Kevin. You know, he's like only 165 pounds. You know, the dude squats like 400. You know, bench. I forgot what I was benching at the time. I was like 250, 275. And then um, he's like, oh really? Like bring him in. I want to meet him. So my friend brought me in. He's like, hey, I got this dude. And like, I didn't have money. Like my parents are broke. Like I live in a pretty good, like a nice city, Irvine and shit. But like, it's like since we lived here, it's nothing like. It's nothing nice, but it's expensive to live out here. My parents are giving me a better life and shit. So I live in a really like a, I guess you'd call it like a, not rich, but like kind of like bougie ass people and shit like that. Like, you know, it's not like the ghetto and shit, but I was raised like different. So everyone's like, you're from Irvine? Like, you're from Irvine? I'm like, yeah. Like, they like don't believe me because I'm so like down to earth and shit. But um, yeah, so, my, so they brought me in and Chad was just all like, Oh yeah, like dude, you're a beast. Like I told him my numbers and stuff, and he's all like, "Do a powerlifting comp um, with me. I'll train you for eight weeks." And I didn't even know what powerlifting was. Like I had no idea. And I was like, "Can you just train me for football? Like I just want to be good at football." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, but this do this do this competition with me. It's in Ohio. I'll pay for your flight. All this." And I was like, "Hell yeah, this seems well, nice." So yeah, Chad, okay, so Chad's gonna give you free training, pay for your flight, and all of this. Yeah, Damn, and this was like Chad wasn't even feeling it yet. He was like, he just opened up a gym. He wasn't making crazy money. This is this is crazy. Yeah. I didn't know this is a really good story about Chad because like people say Chad's a good guy, but damn man, talk about giving back. And yeah, you you weren't even you weren't even like a, like a stat like a star power. No, I guess I'm guessing this. So this is when Chad first started juggernaut, right? You said yeah, yeah exactly. So he's regular dude, just shit. a regular dude. He's going out. Talk about yeah. a shout out to Chad Wesley Smith. Okay. <laughs> wow, good for him. So yeah. So yeah, so, so that's how I met. Uh, that's how I met Chad. Like since I've known Chad since I was 17, and. Um, Pretty much, Chad was running the whole gym, and he told, gave me some workouts, you know, showed me, a, it was, honestly, man, it's all about technique, like, I, I train people, too, and, like, I seriously just train pretty much, like, 
I mean, I just like teach, tell people like it's all about technique, man. Like you can obviously get strong and do all that and be freakishly get such brute strong, but if you want to take a game to the next level, you just gotta drill your technique. Like that's all it comes down to, and like for prevent injuries, all that stuff. Like you know, and so Tyler taught me like so much technique because man, in high school football, they just like they, they just push you that you know they don't care what your form looks like. They're just like go 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 go. And so, just all kinds of stuff. I remember, like, breathing. Like, I was like, you have to hold your breath in when you, like, when you lift. He's like, yeah, you got to be tight. I was like, dude, at football, they're like, like, you're supposed to breathe, like, every rep, you know? So, like, little things like that. But, yeah, so, at the time, my at my high school, we, we front squatted twice a week. We never back squatted. And I was, um, we maxed out on front squats, and I was uh, front squatting 445 when I was 17 years old. I was 160 pounds. Gee, so we were just talking about fucking Jezza. Yeah. And we're like, um, you know, they need like front squat championships. Like, I suck at front <laughs> But dude, at 17, oh, that is crazy, yeah. man. That's a hell of a front squat. Yeah, and my, my back squat was actually weaker. Like, I maxed out, and I was only doing 405 because we only maxed out on back squat, like, once a month. So, like, just by having that weight on my back, I was not – it was really foreign to me. Mm. Like, but on the, my front, I was, like, really used to it. So, Chad was like, you can front squat 455? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like – and he's like, in eight weeks, you're going to squat 550. And I was like, what the hell? Like, hell no, you know? And then – um I did that eight week, and, he, and he's all like, oh, what's your deadlift? And we did deadlift at, uh, at high school. It was all power cleans and all that. It's all Olympic weightlifting. And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, okay. And I remember him, like, first workout, that was, he was all like, all right, pick up the bar to, like, you know, conventional, and then pick it up sumo. And he was all like, what felt like this more easier, like, natural? And I was like, uh, I don't know. It's really light. It's kind of hard. But I was like, sumo kind of felt easier. And so I said, all right, just stick with that. You don't have time to, like, so do both. He goes, yeah. he goes, sumo felt easier. He goes, all right, get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> you go, yeah. oh, this shit. <laughs> get the fuck yeah. out. It's like, we don't pull sumo. We don't care. I'm we not just sumo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, okay. So I stuck with sumo because it just naturally felt easier. And then um, in that eight-week, I think it was an eight-week program or a nine-week program, uh, I killed it at that comp. I competed at the um, – what was it, man? It was a, like a SPF meet in Ohio, SPF like piloting meet. A lot of gear lifting. There wasn't like gear. This is when piloting was like everyone wore the suits, you know. Yeah, what year like, was this? What year is this roughly? Um, but I have no idea. Like two thousand what six? Oh, like two thousand five? How old? How old are you? Twenty four. Okay, shit. Two thousand six. Damn. Yep. Okay, okay, so let's wait. I've been putting at work, dog. Yeah, you've been putting in some time. <laughs> yeah. Hell okay. oh, yeah, people like seeing it, oh, like, you know, like, it's like, that's why I laugh when people are like, oh, like, like they see it, like, the, like, obviously on Instagram or the internet, like, man, this guy's so strong, I'm like, this guy, or whatever. And it's just like, dude, I've been training for like 10 years, you know, and like, actually being by coach, it's been like eight years. Yeah, people think um, like you've become an overnight success because you like smash these big, you know, records and competitions now in Instagram and now, but they don't see like how much, how long you've been putting in work, right? Yeah, exactly. So this meet you absolutely smashed and you, so for this one, you pulled sumo, were you squatting high bar, low bar? Uh, I always squat high bar, man, like low bar, like I've always had tight shoulders, um, 
uh, yeah, asked, like, why do you want to go high bar? And I'm just like, I have super tight shoulders. In the fifth grade, I couldn't do this test. You know that shit? Like, oh, when you put your hands oh, behind your head. Yeah. And now that I lift, it's like a million times the worst, you know? <laughs> and like, I do, I, I get like shoulder, my shoulders worked on. You know, I don't really do too much mobility for my shoulders. I honestly think it just helps my press. They have a tighter shoulder, so it's like kind of pushing it more back up. Yeah, but yeah. it would help my fucking squat if like a low bar or just get that bar a little bit lower because anything get, when that shit's like over 600, that shit's just hard like well, to keep your back upright. When you're sweaty, how long does it take you to take your shirt off? <laughs> that, that's why you lift with no shirt on. That's why, yeah, that's why, why you like, that shit's not coming back off. <laughs> no. So, I don't know, man. So when you smashed that, um, how long was Chad your 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 mentor? Um, Chad pretty much trained me ever since, like leading up. He did leading up to this year's um, LA Fit Expo. He's been training me like pretty much since. But like I wouldn't say he's like he's trained me, but like pretty much how me and Chad worked. Like it would be like, hey Chad, I'm gonna find a competition. Like when I did that first comp, I like never competed again until I was probably like. Probably, well, not never. I probably, I took like probably two years off, like a year and a half off. And then I did some like random meet in like Sacramento um, at Mike Bell's old gym. And then uh, Chad would just pretty much give me like an eight week program, like over like uh, the mobile phone or something. And I'll mainly train by myself and do everything by myself. And then like the last three weeks, obviously you're like peaking is super, or last like four or five weeks, it's like you're peaking the weight super heavy. I'm like, hey, can I squat at your gym? You know, and I'll train with him. But um, I never got too much like one-on-one chat because he's busy, you know, he's got his own clients, he's got his own online thing. So I never got too one-on-one. And um, there's another guy, Chris, on our team, and he does programming too. And I just wanted to get him a shot. He let, he prepped me for the U.S. Open. And I uh, just so wanted, you know, just try different training. And not even just try different training, but I could go to Chris and get trained by him, you know. Chad doesn't have a gym no more where you could, like, go and train. He does everything. Like, he trains out of his garage now. Mm. But uh, so, like, I, it's not like I could go to him and train. And he, he's busy. He has his, his own clients and all that. So, I was just like, I want to go somewhere where I could train because, dude, you got to get picked apart. Like, even the best of the best, like, you need little cues. Like, I felt like when I would train with Chad for a while, I would feel rusty as fuck because I'm like, man, no one's telling me, like, what to do. Because, like, when I train with, like, Big Boy, he's just like, oh, go, go, go. He's just like, Big Boy's pure, like, raw boost strength. Like, he has technique for sure, but, like, he's pure just, like, raw strength. That's all he cares. Like, you can't tell that fool. Unless you're, like, Ed Cohen or, like, the strongest dude, he won't listen to you. Like, <laughs> really? you, you have to be, like, you, you got to be stronger than him to be, oh, okay, I'll try that. Like, you, your Ed photo, I'll listen to your bench advice, but... Other than that, bro, like, he's just, so like, like, he's that, here pretty strength. Who's fucking strong in this guy, though? That's, like, four or five people in the world can tell him. He's very select few people who could coach him. That's oh, so yeah. telling, though. I find you every time you meet that just pure raw strength guy, it well, is so hard to coach them because it's who are going to listen to? I can somewhat understand it, though, because, like they, like they say sometimes, sometimes raw strength, like the natural born ability to be super strong, it'll make it tough for you because you're, like, like, if it comes easy, like, natural to you, like, shit, I don't want to change something and then all of a sudden I take a step back. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's no working right now. wants to strip back. Like, if you're going no. and you're deadlifting 700 right off the yeah. bat, nobody's going to want to strip back to 400 to try and work that's that form. That's tough, man. It's, like, that's a huge fucking Because you know, for sure, you're already at where you're at. Yeah. That's already done. So it's very hard to talk to somebody to do. Unless, like you said, 
you got like fucking half Thor walks in the room. And he's like, whoa, hey, I got something for you. Well, yes, sir. All ears. What do you got? <laughs> like, it's a little different. Yeah. yeah, that's all I am. Like, but you got to, I'm the same way as Big Boy, too. Like, you got to be like, you got some type of credential. Like, mm-hmm. You would have some type of credential for me to list you. And like Chris has shown me, I, I didn't, I have a, like, I was very loyal to Chad and like very, like, I like, obviously it works. And it's not like people's programs work and people's don't. All work is good work, but it's all it comes down to like the peaking is like the last, you know, mainly the most important thing. But like, I, it's just about how they coach and like what they say. It's, you gotta just trust them, you know? So I trusted Chris. I was like, I, I gave him about like two, three years to show me like uh, some trust, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with you. You, you like, you're, you're really knowledgeable. So you were training with him, watching how he does this thing for a couple of years before you chose him. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel? And I still question him. Like, and when he gives me his program, I'll be like, all right, well, like, what's this for? Like, why is that? You know? <laughs> when it was with Chad, like, I'm not. I, I don't. I know that fool's busy, and like, it's kind of. I feel like. Not disrespect that you're, you know, asking questions, but like I like to learn too, and I'm not like very like a, uh, like uh, I don't know, like I'm I learn things pretty fast, but I'm not like a, like a book smart person. Like you start talking big words, I'll be like, what does that mean? Like you're already making me lose all focus. But like if you're just like super like make things easy, like uh, you know, I, I who makes things super easy and tells me a lot of tips is like Ed. At home. Like, he's always just, like, you know, squatting, like, back pressure, like, you know, open up your tank, like, little things like that, like, good cues. That's, like, what I remember. You got Ed Cohen as well. Dude, you got, like, you got <laughs> these, ju- no pun intended, you got these fucking juggernauts training you. So how did that happen? How did you meet Ed Cohen and all that come to pass? Dude, I'm telling you, uh, Chad has helped me a lot because, um... When, like I said, I did that. I did that comp, and then the next comp I did was with Chad at uh, it was at Super Training, and uh, Ed Cohen was the was the judge and um, the head judge. And I remember Chad being like, "Dude, Ed Cohen's the the judge. Like, you gotta meet this dude. He's a monster. All that." I'll tell you this guy right now. The first time I met Ed, this is so embarrassing. I'm like, what's up, Ed? I give him a handshake. You know how fucking big those dudes' hands are? My hand, like, you know when you shake people's hands and you get, like, the tip? No, no, no. The hand no. So he got, like, just my fingertips, dog, and it's just soul-crushing. I was just like, fuck, like, he thinks it's, I'm a bitch. It's, like, it's, I hate when that happens, when you just yeah. put the top of the fingers, and it looks like it's going to be, like, a, yeah. it's gonna, like, one of those awkward, ah, oh, you want to redo it, but you you feel weird about it, or you just yeah. Or you just commit. You put your other hand over top. Just to try and <laughs> yeah. get something. Yeah, you just, just gobbled my hand. He just like swallowed my hand with his big ass <laughs> hand. But yes, yeah, so he was the head ref, the head, the head ref, and dude, he was so cool. He didn't know who I was. He obviously knew Chad was like coaching me, but he wasn't like, oh, this is Kevin Torres. Like he, he didn't know me, but. He was just super cool. Like, take your time. Like, I remember when I was getting for the squat, I was all nervous. And he's like, take your time. Like, just being just super cool after that. And then always, he just, he, he took his own time to give me tips, man. He took his own time to, like, tell me what to do. Even then, the last time I think I saw him was, like, last year's U.S. Open. And um, he helped me a lot, too, on that. Like, just telling me little things he would see. Like, do this, do that. Like, it's not like I'm going, like, hey, is there anything I can fix? Like, he's the one that's, like, giving his two cents like that, you know? So... He's super cool, dude, man. I love that guy. And I guess no pressure having Ed Cohen as your head judge on your second meet ever, Ed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was tripping. I was like, man, I felt nervous. On my second meet, I had, like, nobody around. Ed Cohen, it's like fucking 
playing some ball yeah. and fuck well here comes Michael Jordan yeah, with the exactly. whistle with the whistle. Yeah. Oh, I gotta man. tell you a funny story though on yeah. the on the on the first meet I did. So let me tell you my number. So I did um I did I did open men when I was seventeen. I should have put it in juniors. I don't know why, but I already had that mindset like why am I gonna compete with fucking kids? I wanna compete in the world, like I don't care how old I am. But I should have just paid for both. Cause I probably would have had my records still there, but at the time, um, when I, I told I I forget what the total was. I gotta add it up. But my squat was um, five sixty five, at one sixty five classic raw, and then my bench was I think three, I think like three thirty five, and then I missed my third one only because I went to like three like I think I went to three fifty on my third one, but um. Like when he went, when he went and go, like I went down and then went back up, you know, like to get momentum. Heaving. So I didn't get, I didn't get the lift. And then my third attempt on Delft was 500. Oh, damn. So you were squatting way more than you were deading. Yeah. I've, I've always been like that. It's crazy. Yeah. I've always been like that. So your first but, beat. Like I, like I squatted 704, I, I squatted 704 in training and it was supposed to be a double and I, I failed it. You know, the only reason why I failed it was because I got super nervous. I was like, this is my first 700 pound squat and I put my, my belt like way too tight. <laughs> so as soon as I did that first one, I was done. I had no more oxygen. So I went down the second one and I already felt it. As I was going down to stay tight, I had no air. So like as soon as I got to the hole, I was like, help! Like, I had, I had no and they didn't even hear me. They thought I was just like grunting because I always yell like, uh, like I, I would yell something. So they just like let me stay there, and I was dying. Like, and I was dying. But my speed of my first one was way faster. And my best deadlift is only like seven, seven. It's seven oh five, but that was with straps, and that's like it was like almost hitched, you know, but yeah. clean like 685 at the comp, you know, so there's, I've always had to take a squat. There's nothing worse than the feeling of that squat when you're on the way down and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, this, well, is, yeah, this is going to be a This is one. not going to happen. And everyone's done that. I mean, it's funny when you said you were nervous, you you got the belt tighter, like that's going to help a lot more, but everybody's, I've, I've, I've done that shit. I've done that and, way and too many times to When you're on the bottom and it's super tight and like, Holy shit! That compression and that air—it's yeah. a terrible feeling. It's like you're being held underwater. And when you—that's why they say don't change anything. You know, yeah, like, yeah. about to do anything, keep it the same. Yeah, one hundred percent. And um, going back, you know, you're saying about um, coaches. Just before we move on, because I wanted to say something when you said it, how some coaches try to talk big with like huge explanations, use like twenty dollar words to explain things. I remember there's like a famous quote. I'm a butcher the shit out of it. But it's something along the lines of if you're trying to explain something to somebody and you can't use normal terminology and you have to drop these $20 words, you should be suspect of that guy. Because he doesn't know how yeah. to explain it himself. He don't know how to explain it himself. He's That's regurgitating true. some shit. And if you ask the guy, you go to school for this? What do you go to university for? If it's not kinesiology or some shit like that, you're regurgitating what you read in a fucking article. And now I'm like, because yeah. you can't. You can't explain it in plain language. So that's where you gotta, those dudes are almost more suspect. You know what I mean? Well, it's that age yeah, thing. That's very you can true. explain it to a kindergartner. That's right. Yeah. Like that's like a good teacher, that's what they do. Yeah. A good teacher can explain it so everybody would understand. Everybody, I, like I know what you mean because everybody knows those people in posts or you run into them and they're like, 
it sounds like they're purposely trying to use the big words and all these different yeah they're like, anyway. they're like the guru of coaching that's it's right like, it's, like, it's, it's like, not a competition yeah, man. It's, yeah exactly it's like settle down my man we're, we're lifting weights it's all bro science we're not yeah yeah exactly none of us are taking 200 test subjects and fucking sell, sell, sorting it out we're all just using what we learned in the gym but um so so this was your second competition you met ed cohen did you guys keep in contact um, yeah, we could pretty much like, um, like I said, I would see him at like at other expos and he would recognize me and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. And then I remember like he would, I, once he probably saw uh, following me on social media, he's always like, man, I like your work ethic. Like you're always grinding and just stuff like that, man. So like, I think he, he reposted me uh, uh, yesterday doing like pushups and shit. And I think I put like, you know, sometimes the simplest things are the most like beneficial and I was doing like the weighted push-ups and stuff like that. And he was like, great work, brother, something like that. I mean, yeah. how, how cool is that? You know, they say, like, you never want to meet your heroes, right? Like, you can yeah. do dude you look up to, and they just are like, ah, shit. That kind of, like, bursts that bubble. And, oh, yeah. Ed's, like, the exact who I would want to be, like, you know, like, and that's how I see my, like, I'm, I'm super humble. Like, I could, I could always bash people. Like, I'm 165 pounds. I total this. Like, you're freaking 275. You're weak, you know, but, like, you got to just be humble. Like, at the end of the day, there's always someone, like, stronger than you, bigger, better. Like, it's just, it's not worth it. I just don't see what's the point of, like, you doing that. Because then you always got to have that front of being, like, yeah. you know, like, once you, once you start, you can't let it yeah. down to be yourself. And here's another thing. Um, in terms of, like, standing the test of time, like like you said, there's always going to be. So you're 165, like, you've got the all-time record, and you've, like, you've done your thing. In, like, 20 years from now, some young, the next pit bull comes around, hats off to him. But, like, just using Ed Conan as example, and this is what I love about powerlifting, it's kind of like boxing where everyone remembers, like, Tyson or Muhammad Ali. Like, yeah. We hold them. You wouldn't think so with powerlifting, but Ed Cohen, it's been years, my friend. This dude's prime was so long ago, some people weren't born yet. You see Ed Cohen, and people are like, that's the fucking man right there. And, like, people show respect. Yeah. And that's the type of, like, you know, what you want when you're, you're like, the pit bull tourist like yourself. You hold yourself in a certain regard, and people are going to yeah. remember you properly. Or, or you could be a fly-by-night type of guy, right? But, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's, it's cool with powerlifting. I mean, it's not a lot of guys that get Cohen that are still around and like the Michael Jordan, everybody remembers them. There's so many people who come and go so often and then they're gone the next, the next day. Yeah, he does a lot for the sport. Like you can tell he tries to give back, like him showing up to all these meets. Like he's, and I'm telling you, he's cool. Like he helps a lot of people, not just like, not just me. Like he helps a lot of good people and stuff. So he, he's just a good dude, man. So, so when you started, when did you really start gaining some massive ground and start doing like turning into the pit bull who's smashing these all-time world records. Um. So pretty much like after I did my first comp, like I said, I was like my mindset was football, bro. Like I played football since I was seven to like nineteen. And once I stopped going to school and I worked out of work normal job, I was like, what am I doing with my life, dog? Like you know, like I I just want to train for something. That's always like what I like doing. Like I wrestled in high school too, and that was also like super fun like you know training solo by yourself like you're just going to war with somebody and that's like how weightlifting is too like you know you're just lifting because it's just you and the barbell like there's no one's gonna mess you up it's just you versus you and that's what i like you know so i was like i want to just do something where i could compete i knew i wasn't gonna probably my likely chance of 
playing football was like not gonna go where it wanted because obviously I want to be the best but I was I was bad with school man I didn't know how to balance like uh training and like getting schoolwork done it was like training 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 like in high school bro i trained three times a day like i was i didn't like i was doing so much work like that when i trained with chad i would i would go to chad from 10 a.m to 12 p.m and then i would go to football practice from like two o'clock to 7 p.m and then i'll go home eat a meal and i'll go to la fitness and do bodybuilding training from like Shit, like eight thirty to eleven thirty. Holy oh, shit, dude! That's insane. I, I, hey, listen to this. Listen to this. So Chad said, "Don't do any other training when I train you for these eight weeks because it's like program. It's you know, it's gonna mess you up for the meet." I told you I was training three times a day, and I did that for eight weeks. I didn't listen to Chad, and I, I told you I totaled. I think I totaled like fourteen. I, I like said I totaled. Um, I think I totaled like fourteen fifty or something like that. And it was the it was number one in the world for uh, for open men. Oh damn! Oh, wow. And that's me too. Yeah. No, it's me one. Yeah, no, that's my first one. Oh, me one. So how old are you? I was seventeen. 17. Jesus, man. So seventeen. I was, totally I was number one on powerlifting watch at the time. I remember I was like, dude, you're number one in the U.S. Like on powerlifting watch. Like look at this, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I don't know what the fuck powerlifting watch is. <laughs> And, um, you're like, who the fuck watches powerlifting? <laughs> yeah, and then the sport from there just like blew up, man. Like it just, it, it seriously blew up, and it like pretty much took off from there. Like when did? And it's interesting, like when you said, because I remember I started powerlifting in 2007 ish, and um, I know what you mean more like I remember powerlifting watch. I remember that was where you went to figure out what the shit was going on. Now, yeah. right, like. Now we have social yeah. media and you could kind of, um, you know, with social media, like, like that's what King of List tries to do is let everybody know, hey, this meet's coming up. Look at this guy training for this meet. Keep everybody in the loop. Do podcasts like this. Back in the day, you just like went to Powerlifting Watch and they had all the, the like videos and shit like that. And like the ratings yeah. was cool. And then um, when do you think the Powerlifting as a sport really blew up? And, and did you hop on social media when it blew um pretty much i think it like obviously this when uh like you said like instagram and like pretty much instagram and like that's i never used snapchat but it seemed like instagram and snapchat like started getting big but yeah the whole like instagram thing like that that thing just took off man and like i remember like it was it's still kind of hard to post but i remember when i was a five percent you know originally you got to post every day once a day and i was like this is so hard like what am i gonna even post like because you know you're just used to training like just training like that's how i have like that blue collar work ethic like going to the gym i used to show with these old school bodybuilder guys in high school and like they pretty much like put me on game like on this like how to train hard because i used to just train by myself like i would go to the gym and i would just take long rest periods lift as heavy as i could i remember like doing like the stack on tricep extensions for like five reps like who does that but like i just wanted to have strong i was like strong tricep strong bench like i gotta max out this stack so i was just doing as heavy as possible anything i could do i was going as heavy as possible and then this bodybuilder he was like a family friend he's like hey man like i seen you training like come work out with me and i was already like man i'm strong like i i don't need this guy's help he's a bodybuilder but i'm glad i did it because he taught me of like it helped me like a lot because he was like it wasn't like all like I, like concentration it was more like just like old school like like ronnie coleman Dorian yates like as heavy as possible as many reps as possible you know so it was just a lot of volume but heavy 
and everything was like you know six, the lowest reps was six and then the highest reps was like 12 but heavy yeah so yeah that helped that helped a lot too a lot of those old school bodybuilders like uh, like ronnie coleman he power, he was a powerlifter powerlifter yeah exactly arnold schwarzenegger arnold obviously frank god, god bless um i say his name in vain sorry but Arnold Schwarzenegger, fucking powerlifter man, uh, Franco Colombo, obviously yep. power. Those dudes, like they have, you could read quotes on like Arnold and Ronnie Coleman saying, first you build the foundation, the main three, and then you start sculpting away. Yeah. There's no ways around using those. No. You know, like if you don't squat and deadlift and bench, and then the way they the way they attack, like for instance, even the assistant stuff like you're talking about, doing like the, the triceps in the back, they approached it from almost the same mentality of go hard, eight reps, but you're working it hard. You know, you're pushing it. And uh, yeah. I, like everyone who's seen Pumping Iron, I could watch that shit every day yeah. and never get a hold from it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. And then um, I agree with you too. I think Instagram is like probably, it's weird how some sports are far more mainstream than powerlifting, but some of our athletes have like bigger followings on Instagram. Like there's some sports, yeah. there's some for real big sports, like major mainstream sports. And we, oh yeah, we have like a step like up. NFL. Yeah, be like yeah. NFL. I, I know a bunch of NFL athletes around uh, where I live, and I click on the IG like I'll have more followers than them. Like that's yeah, just great, you know. Like it's it's us, like the NFL people. Social media is it's just different though. Like you could be famous, like unless you got to be like super famous, but like. You have to have like that. You have to work for social media. It doesn't just like, oh, I can, uh, like, even if you are a pretty big name person, yeah, you'll grow faster, but you have to put in work, like consistent work so people can actually see your stuff and all that. Or else it's just like, it's going to take time. Cause that's why I feel like these NFL people do, you know, they're so busy training and they're all obviously, and it's kind of like a little bit older too. Like I'm, I'm, I'm 24, but like, I feel maybe people a little bit older, like, so like once you're once you're doing like you're already like getting your life settled you're not like on apps and shit like making sure everything's cool but if you're in high school like you're on your fucking phone all the time you know and i remember it was like i think right like one year out of high school that's when like instagram was like kind of growing and i was just like man like i remember my like a like a friend made mine i was just like dude i don't do it she's like just get one just get one just made it posted a photo like me and her like boyfriend i was like bro why don't i even have this <laughs> and then but honestly yeah i remember seeing like um like mike rashid uh ct yeah. fletcher yeah. uh and i was like man and honestly mike rashid used to motivate me because i was like man i like the way that dude looks he's like super lean but he's strong he's benching 405 and shit so i was like then i started thinking like i'm over here working like warehouse jobs man like man i'm as strong as these people like why am I not like doing something like that? Like I'm, I'm less body weight. I'm benching like 405 at 165. Like, you know, I should be getting some credit. So I just started posting videos on my Instagram, like random just workout videos at LA Fitness. Yeah. And then, like I said, that was when I met um, Big Boy and Big Boy saw me on Instagram. I was like, hey dude, like come work out with me. And then kind of put me on with, you know, Rich Pion. And then it was just like posting workout videos. but. That's all I post is mainly videos. Like I hate taking photos. Like they're awkward as hell to me. But like it's all just like workouts. Just like what I do. Just go to the gym and I'll be like, all right, it's my top set. It's who's around me. Can you get record this? That's it. Like I'm not like super like. You go to some gyms and they're like super fucking like all they do is record. Everybody's recording and they're like, man, what is this? Like is this freaking like a like it's a trip. It's like a, everyone's recording and it's kind of annoying because it's like. I like being around just like people that are just training. You know what I'm saying? 
Like that's yes. it, your, the, your videos shouldn't shouldn't like conflict with like your you know your little social media whatever you're doing. It should just be like you training someone getting the film and that's it. Because that's that's real. Not being like just I don't know. Some people are, some people are different. You know they have they they do the the pranks. They do the yeah. they like being funny stuff like that. But I'm to me it's like it's serious work. If you want to be actually good and you want to be actually top level like it's there's no jokes to be playing around when it comes to work and it's work you know it's funny like because because it's true um there are nfl guys with fewer fall nfl is is like the biggest sport out there when it comes to mainstream nfl is the biggest to risk and nfl fucking there are guys who are nfl who have far fewer than like you take like a steffi cohen larry wheels and it's it's hard to wrap your head around and then there's also on the flip side um you have like IPF world champions who have less than 10,000 followers. Yeah. And they've won it several times. And it's like, why do you not have more? Because and it's... It's all marketing, though. But it is. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, it's hard to put your, your... So there's a few things that I've wondered about. Is it little things like, for instance, you set your phone up a static... Because like, like you said, you... Because Pitbull's not doing the cheesy... Let me show you throughout my fucking day. This is me and my girl at the movies. This is, ah, hi, here's a joke. I'm, I'm funny, too. What yeah. do you know? He's not doing, he's not trying to be a reality. He's not turning his Instagram into a reality TV show, which some people try to do, basically. Like, hey, we're going out to do golf. Yeah, that's regular so people too. Yeah. But little things like, um, you notice, like some people, when I watch the videos, they're lifting a lot of weight, but if it's a static video, and it looks like shit. It's not interesting. Whereas Pitbulls, yeah. I know it's like, dude is jacked to shit. You got your shirt off. Dude starts in close, zooms back and pulls away just a little bit. And that's video oh, yeah, way that's, better than watch. There's production value to it's it. It's almost like, I don't know who <laughs> at LA Fitness, maybe these are like guys who want to break through in Hollywood. But some of these videos are pretty good. It's the little things like if it's just set static on you or if you have someone doing it and you just slightly hit, look, I'm going to do five. I'm going to do five. You can start here and just walk to the front and just take a, a bit of an angle there. Boom. And then guess yeah. what? I'm going to take my fucking shirt off and I'm jacked to shit. And then there you go. Not, not to mention lifting some absolutely massive And, and I'm crushing some yeah. big weights. But there are people who like crush huge weights and they can't get followers for some reason too. I don't know what it is. And some of these dudes are good dudes. You know, Ellis McLean. Ellis McLean, he's got like um, less than 15,000. Two-time IPF world champion. Fucking amazing guy. He can talk. He does podcasts. He puts himself out there. Dude, straight up, one of the nicest dudes out there. But not just like dry nice. Yeah. And um, but he deserves to have like far more. And I don't know what it is. The guy's a beast. It's social media yeah. is such a hard thing, right? To wrap your head around how how to do it. I think you, I think people just want to like um, kind of like uh, hear more about that person. Like he's kind of kind of just got to go to like expos and like. Kind of like I don't know, hit up powerlifting companies, hang out in the booths, talk to people. Like you just gotta, you gotta, like I said, put yourself out there more. Start a yeah. YouTube channel, do do YouTube, talk like more daily life things, and then just kind of like put you you gotta put stuff on your like Instagram, like like I don't know, you gotta kind of like find like what you wanna like focus on, like like I see like now like before I just used to post my workout videos and but now I see my Instagram is more like you know like motivational kind of like I see like. Um, and like, kind of, kind of like people like when you show like workout tips or like different ex- different accessories besides like bench squatting and deadlifting, because they're just all like, oh, like they do these, so these might help too. So like, 
I like I, I like sometimes I, I'll look through my thing like man all I've posted is bench squat deadlift and then I'll try to do something different so people see like he does do other stuff different so they can pick up like new ideas stuff like that but at the end of the day it just takes time too like on growing your thing it's not like unless you have like world stars like you know reposting your videos or page like instagram pages with like millions of followers that's the only way your shit can like go viral but other than that you got to just put out like pretty much good content you know that's yeah. it. Like, if you want to post pure raw lifting videos, you got to post, keep, keep on posting it. It's going to, it's going to eventually get out somewhere. That's how I remember, like, the mindset when I, before I even met Big Boy and all that, I was just like, man, I'm just going to fucking train my ass off and, like, someone's going to see my shit. Like, like, hard work never goes unnoticed. Like, if you, you see some dude, like, grinding, like, in a, you know, like, in the dungeon underneath, like, no one sees him, but as soon as he comes out, he's going to just, everyone's going to know who he is. Yeah. Now, was that your mindset when you started posting? Was you wanted to get more and more followers and get sponsors? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's what I was trying to do. Cause like I told you, I would see like the micro sheet, like all these people are training at CT Fletcher's gym. And I was like, dude, like I bench squat deadlifts, that food is benches, you know? I was like, I could, I know I could, like, I kind of, I feel like I, I could go somewhere with this, you know? And I was like, I said, that was my mindset. Like, I'm just going to train as hard as I can. And obviously I was just like, if you go to meet and you don't, if you're nobody, like I think, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, some, some dude at the US Open this year for the 181 weight class. No one knew who he was. Like no one knew who he was. Like no Instagram, nothing. And people that the US Open, they're like pretty well known, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And this dude, and this dude won it. He, he beat everybody, you know. Like Malik was there. Like a lot of big name guys. And they're like, dude, he only has four hundred followers on Instagram. It's like, yeah, because he doesn't post nothing. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do nothing. But things like that. So say if he got that shine, then he needs to just like start continue to post stuff because then people are gonna be like, oh shit, this guy posts stuff. But if you like, when I see on Instagram and they don't post a lot and like it's kind of things I like, I'm not gonna follow it. But if it's some strong ass dude and he posts as frequently, I'm gonna follow him because it's like it's motivational. Like I follow all kinds of Ben Pollock, Larry Wheels, all the strong people. Like I like that shit. I like seeing big weight lifted so and, and it's got to be consistent it's not like every once in a while or it's be like why am i following this person they yeah, don't even yeah. post you know that's like it's almost any business you have to have consistency if you don't have consistency it just goes out the window yeah. it's just falling off it like people don't give a shit what's going on in your life if it's like well i'm getting busy um you gotta post do something yeah and what you had said earlier about um checking like i'm only posting bench squat dead you know how you said, like, I'm, I'm posting some other assistant stuff that I do. And some people are like, oh, shit, I didn't know you do this, that, and the other. Oftentimes, as powerlifters, we assume people think, uh, like, like know more than they do. Like, we assume that people know we do, like, the tricep, shoulders, back. Yeah. yeah. But they don't. They don't know that. Like, but we assume they do. We're like, yeah, oh, they don't know. Maybe you don't know this. Yeah. Going in and doing a bodybuilding workout after you've already done squat bench dead. Or they don't know, they don't know, like, fuck me, my back's banged up. I had to do an hour of mobility. I had to go in with, like, they don't know this stuff, right? And sometimes people only post, like, PRs or heavy stuff. They're only hitting heavy stuff once a week. True, they're only hitting heavy stuff once a week. And if you only post once a week and do heavy shit, and you're like, I can't get nowhere. Well, that's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why. You're not dynamic. You're not a dynamic... Um, you know, athletes showing all rank ranges of it. But, uh, yeah, so I got to agree, man. That's what I see. Yeah, like, Steffi does that, too. You know, she'll be posting, like, oh, not my best days, all this stuff. And she posts her failures. Like, she'll post her stuff, like, 
and like she's a perfect example like she just posted like record like i trained with her and um hayden like i don't know maybe like a few months ago like six months ago i knew they're gonna be in la and i drove all the way like i drove far i drove like fucking an hour to go train with them just because i was like this chick's a beast bro i wanted to just like train with her she's a monster and um you know i worked out with her and hayden hayden's hella cool too and he's fucking strong too and uh we um we just worked out, bro, and like she's a saint, bro. She's a machine. She did her little warm up. I was like, I was trying to like pick a brand. Like, do you guys do like mobility stuff before? And she's like, oh, we try. She's like, Hayden never does it, but I always try to get him to do something. And I was like, yeah, like, I want to, I want to try some stuff because I feel like I don't warm up properly. Because dude, before I just used to go to the barbell, put freaking 45, 45, 45, like you know, and just go until I get to my top set. But I was always messing up my hips, like just little, little strains, you know. So now I do way more mobility stuff but every time before I squat it's just like a ritual now but yeah long story short dude she hit like a three I think like a 300 pound front squat for like a double like not like not even like her warm-up like she warmed up so fast like she was so efficient she probably got to her top set within like two minutes Damn. and like filmed it and then like that was it like she you know put did the bar did maybe like three reps probably put a plate on did you know five reps or something and then put another plate on went like through she's she trained so fast like that's it, it was it was really impressive to see but yeah like the stuff she posts you know she posts like out of stuff out of the gym but majority of her stuff is just like training and like a lot of like ex- assistant exercises like i learned a bunch of stuff that she posted on her ig like for like oh co- good extra core training besides you can't just rely on bench squat deadlift like it's like accessory stuff and i'm like oh shit like this is this girl is strong. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to her. Like I always like play around. Like I'll like DM her. I'll be like, if you do this, I'm gonna do this. You know, yeah, like yeah. she's a beast. So, you know, so yeah, you gotta like post more like tips and stuff. But if you're a beast, bro, you you must know like something. So yeah. the fans will be like, what what you like what you're doing to squat that big weight. And, and even what you had said about um, post length failures, it makes you more relatable. If you're like, damn man, I had a rough day. Like I like yeah. I was I was trying to hit this weight. Wanted a double, got a single, holy shit. Yeah. And people, yeah, people, people want to see grind. They want to see you like push through that yeah. shit. Like all of my grindiest videos are probably the ones that are like the most impressive. But yeah, you see people that only post like the easiest stuff. You know, we see that it was on my feed that that guy, um, he's real strong. That, his name's Russ, Russ Swole or something like that. Yeah, um, I see his left. I'm like, man, I want to see this guy really do it, and it's just like, like hella easy. I'm like, that's a waste of like, go up, like, I, what are you doing, like, you know? It's always super easy. I never see that full grind, and it's just like, you know, people want to see grind. You, you want to be relatable. That's why I feel like I connect with my followers, and I don't even like do the like my daily life, like, you know. But I feel like connect with them because I'm like, uh, I'm really relatable. Like I, I just seem like a normal, like a normal dude. That kind of how everybody is, but I'm just more relatable. I feel like. I think people sometimes, cause, there, cause there's internet trolls that, let's say you're like, hey man, um, this happened to me in training. Dealing with some shit with my quad, hammy, whatever. And some people want to be like, oh, you're setting excuses. When in reality, like I love it when I'm like emotionally invested. Let's say I'm, I'm a pitbull fan. I'm following you. I find out you're injured. I'm like, oh shit. But it adds drama. I'm like, let's see, can he work through it? And this is what I'm doing to combat this. And then you go into the meet, you hit the numbers you want to hit. And then it's like a better story. But other people be like, if you post that, a few trolls are making excuses already. But you're not. You're just telling them how it is. 
Motherfucker, yeah. guys, because they're going to say something anyways. You're just, if you just, just say, I'm going to say what it is. You actually let people see a bigger story, a better story, and people take the journey with you. And it's like, they're more emotionally invested. Well, exactly. Everybody loves the underdog story. Everybody likes the overcoming adversity. Like, nobody wants to see somebody's peak that went absolutely perfect. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. it's not realistic. You want to see that your numbers just kept shooting straight up. And, and it's not realistic. Like, no. like, things happen. That's not realistic. Things no. always happen, exactly. No, man, I'm tired of this nothing but sunshine. And if you ever say something, like, God forbid, you're like, Oh damn! I'm dealing with some shit. I don't know what's gonna happen. People automatically go to the you're making excuses. Yeah. Well, not really, because you're the 165 world record holder. You don't need to make an excuse. You know, you can hang, you can hang your hat and be like, look at, I've already done enough. But yeah, man. So I mean, I think it's far more relatable and just be honest and shut it all out than if you do too picky and choosy. And yeah, exactly. For sure. But um, so what meat was it when you broke that 165 world record? Um, I was honestly not happy. Like, I was pretty just like, it was cool, man. Obviously, I'm happy about it, but, um, I'm a fucking idiot, and I sprained my AC joint, like, three weeks out from the comp. So I was really mad because I wasn't 100%, and there's nothing more shittier than training your fucking ass off, and you're not 100% at your comp. Like, obviously, I can be 100%, but, like, you're injured. Like, you're legitimately injured. Like, it hurt just to put my arm back, you know? And, um... Like, uh, yeah, like, I, being dumb, rookie mistake, like, learn through your own mistakes. Uh, I had a deload week, and my dumbass was all like, oh, like, I haven't hit shoulders in a long time. I don't even do shoulders, like, on my train for comps. I just bench twice a week. I don't have, a, like, overhead press day. So I was like, I'm going to do military press. I'm going to do 225. That's light for me. I'm going to do behind the neck, like, three sets of 10. So I went, I did 225 military press behind the neck, three sets of 10. Easy. You know, just got a little pump. And then I did that on Saturday, and I had him like maxed out on my bench on Tuesday. As soon as I was warming up, I like did 405, and it moved slower than it did like two weeks ago. And as soon as then, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I fucked up by doing shoulders that day. And then as soon as it came, I hit, I did do 420 for a double for my last heavy bench, and I don't like my second last heavy bench. I get I grind my first one up like there's no way i'm gonna go down and like, do a second one but my dumbass goes down again just because i was pissed oh, i was like fuck this to go down i barely get it off like two inches off my chest and luckily i have big boy just to like upright row that shit but <laughs> i just felt like fucking pain in my shoulder so I, I was like fuck man i think i fucked my shoulder up and i fucking sprained my ac joint and i was bent like i said i was supposed to hit that for a double my, I hit my best bench, uh, 165 is 420, so I was aiming to hit, hit 425, maybe 430 at the open, and I only benched like, like three. I only hit my opener, which was only 396. I went to 414, which is like a super easy lift, and as soon as I get that bar off my chest, this instant like weakness to like my right shoulder, so that was just like devastating because I only lost by like a few pounds. Like it was not. I think um, Petkov like totaled. So it was like uh, 17.03, I think he, he totaled like that. And I, I think I was at like 16.72, I think was my total. Mm. But just getting a few extra pounds would have been away. But it meant a lot getting getting that last one because it was super cool. It was like um, Petkov went, you know, and then there was some other Russian dude that was in second place. And he dropped his third attempt deadlift. 
and we are neck and neck. We are squatting the same, benching the same. And then um, Chad was like, dude, if you fucking get this third attempt, like you're gonna, you'll, you'll, you'll play second. You'll beat that guy. He just dropped it. So it was like do or die. It was 655 on the bar, PR. And um, I have a problem with my grip. Like anything, I, that was like a new problem. As soon as I got past like six. 35 I just kept on losing my grip so I just was all like dude I just gotta hold on I know I have the strength but I just gotta hold on and fucking just I got that thing up and it was like ripping out of my hands and luckily that judge sat down and then just like went down and like both my hands like were like ripped open it was just like pure like just like adrenaline and it was cool because I remember Ed was right there too he was giving me tips and he was just like you know get this shit and I was just like I gotta get it man so it was cool, like, winning that. That was, like, super do or die. Like, you're going to either get second or you're going to get third. And shit, seconds or third is bad enough, so I got to get at least second. <laughs> so was that, a, was that a record at the time then? Um, nah, like, dude, it, the records, at, they're crazy. Like, at the, for, like, the individual, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh. they're top. But, uh, oh, are you, ta- are you talking open? Are you, are you talking the total? Or are you talking, like, a uh, uh, general record? What's the one that you had? I think you pulled up. Because you broke one of the it's records, It's on your right? strength cartel uh, profile. It says all-time world record. I think it's, like, a 16... I think it was 1672 total or something like that. Yeah, it was 1672. That's, that's, um... Yeah, that's, like... I think that's, like, third now because Petkov just totaled recently at the Open. Like, well, that's his own record. He, he made it even higher. No one even beat him. He, he did, like, 1730, I think. Oh, that's what damn. the... Damn. All-time world record is at 165, and then second is um I was believe I believe it's me at 1617 too, 1672. Cause he, uh, he he's another guy who, who flies under the radar, um who like he wins US Open and uh, somewhat flies under the radar anyways, and I don't know what it is. I mean he's yeah. a big dude, strong dude, bodied up. He could probably if you wanted to push the Instagram, but uh, but he's a hell of a competitor. Like is he is he probably your biggest rival when you show up at the US Open? Who? Uh, Petkov. Oh yeah, dude, that fool is like the only. That that's that's a. I used to hate that guy. Like I just used to be like, <laughs> man, fuck this guy. Like you know whatever. But um, this year at the U.S. Open, he showed like respect, and he was like way cool. Like you know, he was way more. He actually talked. Cause normally he just like doesn't talk. Like I have that same mindset. Like it's game day. Like you're my enemy. But like. I don't know, he kind of just walk around with a chip on his shoulder, like, all the time. Like, I'm, I always talk to people at meets, even if, like, it's game day and stuff like that. But uh, at the open, he was way, way more cool and stuff. But, yeah, man, that guy, that's the only dude I know, like, pound for pound that's, like, that's up there, you know, at that 165. But, like I said, I'm at that 181 weight class now. So, I'm just, like, that's why I'm not competing the whole rest of the year. I'm just trying to off-season get stronger because, like, do you understand like you don't really get stronger like doing competition after competition you're just you're peaking and breaking yourself down so so often that you're not going to get that you know those those uh those strength levels up because you're just killing you're putting your body through hell is it easier when you're going against a guy if you don't if you built do you do you try to naturally build a guy up and you don't like him is it easier to go against him like that like when you're training and you're like fuck this guy and you need that motivation game day or does it does it not even matter? If you're like, you know what, I can be better shooting the shit. Yeah, it's always it's always like me versus me, you know. It's always been like that since day one. Like I'll always compete against myself, no one no one else. But it is more motivating when there is someone stronger than you, and like you know, just like they're you know they're the beast. Like I see John Hack, 
and I see that fool like deadlift, I'm like, fuck that guy. I see him do 705, and I'm just like, fuck that. Like, that's just easy. And that's hard. It's like, that's like really hard for me, benching 500. I'm just like, I'm, I don't hate him. He's cool. I talked to John Hack. But, um, like, it, me, I, want, I just want to be better. That's just yeah. how I am. I'm competitive. I'm just like, I, I want to get there, you know? Who's so that's just how I take my mentality. Is the next time we're going to see you, will it be the U.S. Open? Um... Probably, man, unless there's another meet like worth doing that's like big payout or something like that. But there's no, to me, there's no point of competing if I'm not going to break an all time world record or I'm like, you know, there's really like no prize money involved. So if either I'm going to break an all time world record soon or it's something that has a big payout, but mm-hmm. it's going to take some time, man. That 181 weight class is stacked, but it just, like I said, it's more motivation. When I was at 165, I'm not, I wasn't like sandbagging. I always had like, I, I mean, I always like was working like I was the underdog. It was me versus me, but it's like, I only knew Petkoff was in my way, like one dude, you know? But now it's like, shit, 181 is stacked. There's, it's a shark scene. It's all just, kinds it's of people, man. Dude, I think she's seeing it's the most competitive weight class because like at the open, the 198 weight class, check it out. The second place dude, he totaled, um, he totaled 1807. No, eight, eighteen, like eighteen ten at second place. I totaled eighteen oh four at one eighty one, and I got fifth place. Yeah, holy shit! And the second place guy at one ninety eight, he totaled eighteen oh eighteen oh seven. Yeah, eighteen oh seven, and I totaled eighteen oh four and got fifth place. And the weight class is below. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a, like if you think about the names that are in there, like on any given day, if it's Pollock, if it's Hack. Uh-huh. If it's Malik, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like a who's who of all time. Not just right now, but like of all time. This is the yeah. best of the best. You're moving into a fucking yeah. really tough weight class, man. Uh, yeah, bro, I'm trying. But it's, it's like I said, it's more motivating. I like it. That's why I'm just taking some time off just to like get my numbers up and just like, you know, I want to bench 500, man. That's what, like my next goal. Like I really want to get to that number. Like that number felt like impossible like a few years ago. But, like, now that, like, I don't know, I just feel like I could get it. Like I said, I just drilling technique more, man. Like, every time I would get to, like, 405, I would just, like, I freak out. I just want to, not freak out, but my technique goes out the window, and I'm just worried about blasting it out of my yeah. chest, not even my last tight. And I seriously, like, will do it all, like, front, like, front delts and pecs, like, just benching 425, 435, like, pure, like, upper body, not really keeping my last tight, so... I've been just drilling my technique, and I, it just takes time, man. It's not going to be overnight. I'm going to bench 500 pounds. This is going to take lots of lots of drilling. But my best at 180 so far is 450. So I got 50 more pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's true. Like I know what you mean. Where um, there are times like when you're about to, and I do this myself, and I see it with other people. When you get heavy, you sometimes get more like I got to get amped up. I got to get myself rocking and rolling here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's when the and technique leaves. Yeah, that's when you forget the P's and Q's. When the weight's a little lighter, you're on point. Like, it's not super yeah. light, but it's like something that you're going to hit for a triple and it's within range. You're on point. But when you, you're go on point. Balls, when you go balls out, you're like so hyped up, worried about, i got to fucking hit the ground running with this. And it's like, yeah. what the shit happened there, dude? It's like, like you that's, just, that's how we've been doing this entire time. Yeah. Like, why would you go and do that all? I know yeah. you mean. Yeah. Yeah, it can happen. That's, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm trying to, like, it's, it's really mental, but. I see it as like, I know I have so much more because I have so much pop off my chest, but I waste all of it because like I said, I don't keep my lats tight. Like I've been benching 405 since I was 
18 and I was like about like the same weight, around like ones, like 180. And I'm 24, so I'm just like, man, like how how has my bench not gone up, but my squat as like my squat and my deadlift, you know, are constantly going up. But bench is just one thing that just takes it's smaller muscles, man. It's gonna take longer, yeah. you know. Yeah, and, and like you know, five pounds on the bench relative in terms of like percentage wise. You know, you're going to move a lot more weights on the squat and stuff. And certain things move at different rates. So are you eating a lot more? Because these fellas, some of these fellas, like a Ben Pollock will cut mad weight with a day before. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that, man. That shit, that shit sucks, dog. Like, it, like I said, there's nothing worse. That's why I stopped 165. I could easily do 165, I'm, I'm sure. Like, just be really my diet. But... I'm very like up and down with my diet. Like I eat good, but I don't eat like hella strict. I don't count my macros. Like I don't, I don't weigh my food. I just, I know, you know, I gotta get good protein in, good carbs in. You know, on my heavy days, I'm eating high carbs, and on my non-heavy days, I'm eating like you know, kind of low carb. But I still munch out at night, dog. I still fuck, like I still will eat snacks and stuff like that. But um, cutting that 20 pounds when I used to do one like cut, cutting from 180 like 5 to 165 dude that was that that sucks because you feel so good in training right you're like oh I'm just, I'm big I'm gonna compete at 165 and then you drop all that weight and then to put it back on in those 24 hours it's like the most stressful thing on your body like it's it's really stressful like in your mind like you you like it's like I, I, I'm seriously like panicked. Even at the open this year, I only had to cut like, n- like I think like nine pounds because I tried to get as big as possible. I got up to like 189 and um, I cut like eight pounds and putting that weight back on is a big stress factor because if you don't put it back on, you're not going to have your pop. And it's a lot of science when it comes to that shit because before I used to, at 165, even for the open, I did actually the open I did it all right the first time. That was the first time actually getting help from somebody, Stan efforting help with like um, the refeed, but before that, when I used to cut to 165, since I've been competing since, even with Chad, um, when I did my first comp, like you got, your nutrition has to be on point. Like I used to go with the buffet, get pancakes, just soda, it's like stupid shit. I remember when Chad, we went to, went to Subway, that's like the, the least dumbest place to go. And like, um, we just, I wouldn't eat correctly. And now that I eat correctly, man, you feel so much better. Your body is like your fuel, you know? Like I remember eating like three big meals when I, you know, would try to refeed and I would just feel so bloated. I would just feel so gross. But now how I refeed now, did I eat like six, seven meals? Whoa! Like instantly. And it's my body. It's it's what my what I'm eating. It's a lot of like white rice, water, salt, um, no no uh, sugar. Sugar is like it stimulates your kidneys, so your body can't uh, your body can't absorb the water, so you'll just be pissing it out. Is this the protocol diet? This is um, this is some diet that um that uh, what's it called? Stan Efferding pretty much helps me with it. Yeah, it's um yeah. he's he's buddy buddy with um the U the best water cut guy in the UFC, so he know he he knows really how to like cut the water right. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing is not cutting the water. The biggest thing is putting it on. It's easy to cut weight. It's, it's discipline and sacrificing. But the hardest thing is to put it back on because you're like pretty much dieting for a week, so you're craving like sweets, sugar. You know, you mainly want the sugar. So right when you're weighing, you're you're just like ready to just like indulge on shitty food. You got to be disciplined and go back to eating what you're used to eating, which is for me is like a lot of light rice, chicken, steak. So all I ate that day, dude, I had like, I had like 
fuck, like 14 cups of rice in one day Whoa, for the U.S. See, we had yeah. um, Stan Efferding on the show, I think it was, was it the last podcast or podcast before. And yeah, I saw that. I want to watch that one. I haven't yeah, seen that one. He, he went through the vertical diet and, and all the science behind it and the whole nine. A lot of it was over my head, not some of it, but it was good <laughs> to take it. Yeah. But I know what you mean where um, a lot of times people think the cut itself is the hardest part. And then when they do that and they hit weight, like you said, they're thinking, hey, fuck it. My work's done. Now we just fill up with whatever. But it's yeah. so important now. It's now you're not only back to you're below like baseline, yeah. so far below. You got to get back, and to get back, you got a limited time. Well, I remember the first yeah. product cut that I ever did. If you don't I do it right, I tried to refeed with sugar and stuff like that, and I ended up yep. felt absolutely trash. Yeah, I think I threw. Yep. Up, or I ended up throwing up in the parking lot because I tried to put the mm-hmm. test carbs. Yeah, man, and people don't do enough research into that. Yeah. You know, they yeah, it's like, like super. They're, they're interested in the cut only and think when that's done, the job's all Yeah. Yeah. Like, after doing this cut right, like, I, I, in the back of my head, I wanted to be like, damn, dude, I want to kind of maybe try 165 one more time just because I would refeed so much better and feel better. Because, like I, like, like I said, I didn't – every time I cut down to 165, I did it completely wrong. I would go in the sauna. Like, saunas are super bad for weight cuts because it just drains you. It's like 160 degrees Fahrenheit in there. So it's just, like, draining everything. And how I do a stand, it was like in a, it's a hot bath. You go like in a jacuzzi and you submerge yourself like all the way to your neck and you just sit in the jacuzzi for 15 minutes and then rest for 15 minutes. And it's like anything, the water's really hot. So your body's trying to stay cool. So it's going to sweat, but you don't really feel it because you're in the water and you're outside in the jacuzzi so you can breathe more. It gets really claustrophobic, but it's way less stress on your body inside than it is just sitting in a sauna. Because I just used to sit in a sauna and just like, Dude, like be miserable with sweaters, paper, uh, plastic bags on me, and just like trying to sweat. And it's the worst because you'll sit in there for like 10 minutes and your forehead will be like barely even like sweating. And you see people in there and they're just like dripping balls because like they obviously have lots of water. But after you cut 10 pounds of water, that water takes time to yeah, drip off. Yeah. And it's fucking, it's a struggle. It's a lot of mental toughness. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, that's the whole, I think somebody could do a full-on podcast just on weight cutting. Properly taking the water. Oh, properly you should talk about so much, like, science about that. But it's honestly not too, like, people always trip out, like, oh, what do you eat? How do you stay so lean? Like, all this stuff. But honestly, it doesn't, it's not that, it's not science. It's not a super science. It's, it comes down to eating good, clean, like, healthy food consistently. Like, I used to never look how I used to look. I used to eat Mexican, homemade Mexican food my mom made me, like, every day. So, like, high sodium. I never had abs. Like, I, would never, I was never vascular. But as soon as I stopped, like, especially when I stopped playing football, I wasn't doing cardio anymore. I was just lifting. And I kind of, like, start getting, not chubby, but just losing lots of definition. And I was like, man, I got to start, like, you know, eating better. Like, I'm not going to do cardio. Like, I need to start fucking eating better. So I just started getting more chicken breast, making my own food. Like, honestly, just go to the store, buy steak, buy bison, buy grilled chicken breast, and just make it at home and eat good carbs, like rice and, like, potatoes. And that's, pre- that's pretty much it. Like, it doesn't – you don't have to get so, like, feel like, oh, well, when do you consume it? Like, what time? Like, how long after workouts? It's like, dude, you don't have to get that in, in detail to it. Like – Eat when you're hungry. Don't eat, you know, when you're not hungry. Like, it's not that hard. It's just, it just takes time. Good, clean eating. 
over a long period of time. Like that's how you like look good. Look at Stan Efferding. That fool's like freaking fifty years old and he looks like like he's gonna walk on the stage, but yeah. he's like that for so long. Even when he was a, a powerlifter, he was eating good food. He, you know, he, he knew that the diets from being a pro bodybuilder and stuff. So he was only eating good food. So that's why he looks like that. But it just takes years of good eating. It's been about probably like four or five years probably since I've been like super dedicated to eating good. And don't get me wrong, I'll still like go eat, eat like a burger or something like at a fast food spot. But that's like... I'm starving. There's nothing to eat. Like that's last resort. You know what I'm saying? Are you? Do you drink at all? Do you allow? Do you allow yourself to have coffee? Nah, bro. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I drink like every once in a while when I go out and like shit with the boys. But it's it's really weird. I don't like drinking too much. It's because it affects your training. I remember being in high school, bro, and like getting fucked up, and then having to go work out, and I would just feel like shit. Like. I just couldn't, it's, and training is my best part of the day, like, if I have a shitty workout, I'm seriously pissed, like, the rest of the day, like, I, I miss my lift, I have a shitty lift, I'm mad, like, I'm just, like, dude, I feel like my, I wasted my day, so that's why I feel like when I drink, I'm just, like, I wasted my day, and sometimes when you drink, like, a lot, man, that shit will take, like, two, three days to feel normal again, because you have so much shit in your body. You know and, what I'm saying? And talking about, like, literally, it's poisoning your body. That's why people think Yeah, it's legit it. poisoning and, your body, dog. Like, and, and it, what it does to your nervous system, 100%, it affects it. Some people are like, oh, it's not a big deal. No, man, if you get drunk every weekend, it affects your nervous system every week then. So yeah. then if you're, yeah. probing, never. you're constantly fucking up your nervous system, I mean, it's not crazy, but it's going to knock you back a bit. The next day, you're not going to be the same. In the empty calories, so when I'm prepping, like I'll have cocktails every now and then in my off-season. Yeah. When I'm peaking, in terms of empty calories, if you have like a dozen beers, that's like another over a thousand calories. Onto you. They're useless. They're useless. You yeah. can't use them for energy. They're, they, they're like, they're, they're empty calories. So it's like, yeah. Plus, don't make sense. plus you're not getting as good as sleep. You're yeah, it fucks up your sleep. You're everything. It's, it's like, it's one of the worst things you could do if you're for real athlete. And it's yeah, if you're, you can't. It's just like like you said, every cocktail once in a while, that's not gonna kill you. But like said, if you're doing it even once a week, like I remember some the dude I used to train with, the old bodybuilding dude. He was like already like competed, so he was more like off season. But and he was big, he's kept his size, and he was strong. But he's like, man, I train so good with you during the week, but then on the weekends I just get fucked up, and then I feel like shit on mo- Monday, Tuesday, and then I only feel good for Wednesday, Thursday, and then I go back to drinking on Friday. So he only gets like two good days of training, yeah. and then the rest are just like he kind of just like trying to feel back to being sober. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't recommend like the drinking for sure. I um so yeah like I totally cut it down to I got like one night a month now. That's what I'm gonna get. <laughs> there, there's like a big UFC or something, you know, cocktail yeah. Khabib. All right, all right, we'll have some cocktails. Long weekend yeah. coming up. Okay, cocktails later. That's how I yeah. see it as. Especially if I'm in prep and like I'm not drinking all weekend, there's like a party going on, like a UFC fight, something like that. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I have a competition. I'm not gonna have one beer. Like that's that's yeah. lame to me. You gotta you gotta live. You gotta have some yeah. balance. But like you know, if you're in an off season like you are right now, like yeah, you can have a little more fun. But still, you gotta take you gotta make sure you're not doing it every weekend because it's a hab. It seems like what happens is people get stuck. Like it gets like a cycle. Big time, dude. I was at a point where like. The weekend's coming. <laughs> the weekend's coming. I'm going to have beers. Yeah. There's nothing going yeah. on, but I'm going to have beers because it's the weekend. But there's 
I'm not doing shit. It's just the weekend, yeah, so I have beers. I'm, I'm totally guilty for that as well. Yeah, I think most people are, yeah, man. You can fall into a habit, like you, like you. Yeah, you fall into a habit, bro. Where you're for celebrating, real. but what are you celebrating? I'm not celebrating shit. I'm just <laughs> celebrating the weekend. Apparently. Yeah, right. I'm celebrating the end of the week, apparently. Um, we whenever we have people on and do this fucking, we did an hour and forty five real quick. You're a good talker. Sure. Yeah, you're a good talker, man. This is a yeah. this is a, this was a good one. This is definitely a good one. But um, whenever we have people on, we always have to ask one question. Um, What's up? When all is said and done, and you look back on your career, how would you like to be remembered? How like to be remembered? Um, I always like say this like um, like I always want to be remembered like as a like as a you know like obviously one of the greatest and just as a hard worker like I'm a big I'm a big believer is like you know you get it what you put in like and I'm just like you know you get what you put in and I just want to be remembered like you know for hard work because. I, I've I've trained my ass. I'm not the type of person like to talk about it, like how much I've done and all that. But stu- I I do all my training with like a lot of passion and commitment, and it's been consistent since I've been. I, I tell people since I started in the fifth and sixth grade, like it wasn't like oh I'm just gonna do push-ups every night. Like I was serious about it. Like I was really serious about it, and it's been consistent for so long. So. I just want to show people like, and I didn't have good genetic, like crazy genetics. Like I grew up, I played football. I had like a bunch of black people, like freaking six packs, 12 years old, like just naturally strong, bro. Like it's, it's crazy. My, I remember my friend never worked out in his life. We're like sophomore, like sophomore in high school. I took like, I've been lifting since I was the seventh, eighth and freshman year. And sophomore year I hit 225 bench, I remember. And, uh, What's it called? My friend never lifted before. He's like, let me try this. Close grips, like 225, like all nasty. Never bench before. And I'm just all like, what the heck? Like, stuff like that. So, like, obviously, like, genet- there's been genetics, and obviously, if you work, it's going to obviously help. But I just want to be remembered as, like, obviously one of the greatest and then the one that really worked for, you know, his results and stuff like that. Sounds good, man. Yep. Is there anybody you want to uh, thank while we have you on here? Or sponsors, and how, um, and how people could reach you also if they want like coaching and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, obviously, strength, uh, shout out Strength Cartel, but um, what's it called? Uh, yeah, you can hit me up at Pitbull underscore Torres on Instagram. I have a YouTube Pitbull Torres too, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's all I really use. It's enough. It's not hard to just post on Instagram. There it is. Hard, man. I'm trying to get with my YouTube game, but that's I'm I'm like bad with computers. So it was hard to do the Skype thing. Yeah. <laughs> We, we gotta go we gotta yeah. go listen man appreciate you coming on um, we would love to have you back dude you're a good talker for sure just send me up whenever okay man sounds good awesome good Thank luck you. in training alright man like have a good one man see ya. yeah dude this was a good one that was, that was a damn good one what the he's got some entertaining stories yeah like, talk and, about a guy who's had a like just a story career for, well, um, right from the start so, so when you have people on, sometimes you, you, know, you never know what to expect, right? Because um, sometimes they're like they're amazing lifters, kind of introverted. This dude can talk and tell stories yeah. and you don't have to. You, you're kind of, you're wondering, are we going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting? No, I'm just sitting there just staring at the screen. Just you can just listen to this dude talk about just like. Just being brought into this. Like, it's good. Who gets Chad Wesley Smith to sponsor their first meet? Yeah. And, and he, he hasn't yeah. done shit yet. And that's, that was good. That's like. That that's good uh, lip service for Chad because it made him look yeah. like a really good like that's I didn't know he was like that. 
That's a bang up dude. That's like a Disney fucking yeah. character who just took a kid in and be like, let me, I'll, I'll fly you out. I'll pay for I'll your fly flight. to Ohio. Wow. And, and, and the dude, uh, Chad Wesley, wasn't even like uh, the Chad Wesley we know now, like well off, etc. No, this, this is when he's first day, starting to try and struggle. Yeah, struggling to start a business. That's like, that, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then, like, you know, Ed Cohen, the second meeting, yeah. and the whole, um, I'm just trying to, man, I'm going to have to take notes. You know, I do a little synopsis yeah. for everybody when I post these. From the Strength Cartel to Richard Pina, 5%er, to Castleberry, all the stories Pitbull just dropped on us. Like, no, God damn, that was a good one. <laughs> we, and, dude, we didn't even get into, like, sometimes I get into, um, tell me about your training. How often do you see Oh, no, there was no need to even. But, no, but you don't, I didn't want to stop his, I didn't want to stop the finale. And let's face it, if you want to see his training. It's yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. well documented on YouTube and yeah. it's on his Instagram. We, we can always go back and, and you can always questions go back. on it. We can always, like, that's always there. But sometimes when the flow is going, and we're like, dude, we're just shooting the shit. I feel like, like, we were just talking about beers. I feel like we should have had a beer. This dude could fill up a couple hours easy. Yeah, I wasn't sure because when I, when I messaged him, um, I was like, is there any particular stories that we should talk about, childhood stuff, whatever, brothers, sisters? And he's like, just ask me whatever. And sometimes you're never sure how that goes. Yeah, you expect if somebody says, ask me whatever, it's because I don't have anything really interesting to talk about and they're hoping or, you're going to do the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting. You don't know if it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's going to turn to a question answer period. Yeah. Or sometimes people are like, well, ask me about this, ask me about that. I got a couple of good stories. You're like, oh, good. Um, so they are going to be a storytelling type where they're going to have some stories. No, nah, because he doesn't need, he doesn't need, He's pr- he probably knows, don't worry about it. Yeah. You, we started flow, it'll just flow, and he's not worried about it, and as he should, that flow pretty well, but uh, yeah, that was good, man, he's got some good stories and shit with big boy, it sounds like we, should, we got a big boy on here. I was thinking the same thing when you're talking about those stories, like that's... Dude, and his one big boy, is, he said it, big boy's big homie is a big joke. Big joke, yeah. A big joke, 40, he's a dude, he's a scary motherfucker. <laughs> he met him in the pen? Yep. That is your rider. Yeah. That's your rider, die homie. Who he looks like he's all of seven seven, and all of yeah. four fifty, and all of I'm gonna take your head off and bring it home with me. Yeah, no. He, if you're in a bar fight, that's the guy you want on the team. Or if he's, if he's against you, you're just looking up and I'm being like, yeah. oh, good god. How did this pairing yeah. happen? Um, but yeah, shit, man. That was a that was pretty good. And yeah, for for him, hats off to him. Moving from one sixty five. Where uh, we've got Petkov and um, and just him and Petkov going toe to toe, moving up from that into literally a Shark Tank, like my God, man, one eighty one is like when 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 you got Pollock in there, Hack in there, and boys like that. Holy smokes! Yeah, man. no, I mean any given day in Pitbull. That takes a, some balls to move up. Takes there. some massive balls. He's like, yeah, but I, I just want to be in the mix. I want to yeah. be in the mix with the thickest division. He's like, I looked at it and thought, you know what, this might be the toughest division in the men's. So that's where I want to be. It's like, oh shit! Yeah. Well, hats off to you, man. He's got that mentality, and that's it. It makes sense. I mean, that's uh, but because that's when you're in like um, like I understand because we've talked to other people on here where like for instance the battle of sixty threes with the women we talked about with Jen Thompson. There is like talking to Jen Milliken, who's the fifty seven kilo world champion, and she was like, I want to go in the sixty threes yeah. at some point. And I remember being like, Why? You're the fifty seven kilo queen. Like no one can beat you. And she's like. Because I want to be the best. Because you want to be the best. I want to be... Uh, it's a different I mindset. I want to be the best. And I want to be... Like, that's... that's Everyone well, Everyone is watching... It's exactly what we're talking about trying to pick out between Jen Thompson and Kimberly Walford. How, how do you know where you stack up unless you actually try it? And here's another thing. So people will say at one point, 
Like when I try to remember, when you remember sports rivalries, and I'm trying to remember what, what was Kimberly's biggest win. And um, I'll immediately go to when she beat Jen Thompson. Yeah. But the other ones, I don't remember a whole lot. But when you think of, tell me about Jen Thompson, you'll be like, let me fucking tell you about the time in 2018. Came back oh, yeah, you're not. from a career-ending injury yeah. and beat, like, you'll start dropping names like fucking Sam Calhoun was in there, Maria T was in there. And then at some like, point, these are going to be people as well that are probably going to be open champions once Jen decides to finally. That's how sports are remembered. You could be a reign of dominance for 10 years, but if you had no sporting rivals, yeah, but if you you could be champ for two years, but it feels like Ali Frazier type rivalry. People are like, do you fucking remember? Look at John Hack has won one world title. That fucking Hack showdown against Gibbs will be remembered forever, oh, yeah. and he's still it's still going to be talked. Yeah, so that's where and people I, still want to see that showdown again. And is Sam Calhoun coming in second? A lot more people remember Sam Calhoun coming in second because she's the battle of sixty threes than whoever won. 47 kilo or whatever the shit like yeah. like it's just more people were watching such a battle so I understand like Pitbull's like fuck that I done what I did already at 65 I can't yeah. go back but right now while I can well as he was talking about 180 at 181 or 189 depending on where he's weighing at like with a 24 hour win yeah he can get back down to 165 oh, yeah. yeah he'll hit it he'll hit it yeah for sure and uh, he talked about a variety of topics, like how important it is to reload, which is true. Like, deloading the water is big. Reload is even bigger. Yep. It's true. You could always, it's, if I put a gun to your head, if I said, here's a million dollars, take 20 pounds of water out of you, you'll do it. But if I tell you, put it back in you and hit PRs, You're, yeah. you good, probably good can't. Luck. Good luck. Good luck. That's the hardest part. And that's where people often don't set themselves up. And he actually had some insight into that, too, when we got, uh, it was a good point. Um, but yeah, we had Stan, Stan Efferding really hand out a lot of those points and other, like that guy could drop some knowledge. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, we're approaching two hours here. I hope everybody liked it. We're going to have to have that young man on here. Again, he's 24. Guy's been around the fucking block, eh? A veteran at 24. And not uh, just a veteran, like you're not talking about like, just, because of, just because of what he's won. You're talking about yeah. a veteran because he's been competing so, for so goddamn long. In the story at 24, uh, let me tell you about like Rich PNF, 5%, like... Like, the guy's been through, fit, in terms of fitness, the guy's been, like, with the biggest names. Yeah. And he's got, like, all these stories, like, he's a 44-year-old guy talking to a 24-year-old guy. And you know what I mean? Like, he's... Uh, he's I, knew he was, I knew he was young, but when you're listening to those stories, it's exactly that. It's like, how, like, how, how long has this, guy been, how long is this yeah. guy been around for? How long like, was I off on my... And no. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it. You can tell he's young by looking at him, but you're like, yeah. dude, the timeline here, how, how can you fit all this... Uh, Body of work, first off, and power of yeah, you know, like meeting all these guys. Ten years on the guy, and I feel like I've done I don't know, jack I, shit. <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> exactly. I, I feel bad. Though. But anyways, I um, hope everybody liked it. Listen, share this, you know, post it. More people got to hear these stories. More people got to hear about, like, the pit bulls of the world. You know, we, every week we try to bring more people on here to tell them. If you just think of pit bull as, like, a dude from the Sprint Cartel. And yeah. he said, don't judge a guy by his cover. God damn. Like, you would be missing out if you just oh, think, like, he, just, he looks rough around the edges, probably doesn't articulate well. Nah, man, that was like... Nah, that was a well-spoken You would have missed out. You would have missed out on one of Pilot's things, gems right there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm glad he's here to talk and give you a story. Tell people, listen to the podcast, 
give us high ratings, share these, let people, because we just pay it back and keep giving more and more people exposure. So people, like we have listeners from around the world, I mean, we've got people all the time in Europe reaching out, and they would just see Pitbull and not know, and now they get to know about him, who maybe never would have. Hope to God that everybody listens to that one because that's yeah yeah yeah. That's well, you'll have, I mean, you can have a sixty-six kilo dude from Sweden who doesn't relate at all and just listens out like oh shit and now they're gonna follow Pitbull. Yep. like I want to follow this cat. You know what I mean? Like it's uh you like him. This is this is how you find out. But anyways, hope you liked it. Uh, next time we got Sebastian. This is the Australian strength coach who just so happens, I don't know, have you he's, heard of... He's got, have, you, have you heard of Half Thor Bjorn? I was going to say, yeah, he's got some small have client you, or something like that. Have you heard of him? He's the world's strongest man. He's the man from Game of Thrones. And he's the guy, and Sebastian trains him among a shitload of other guys. He's coming out to the podcast. 14 hour time zone difference. He's literally a day in ahead. We're going to tra- time travel a day in advance to talk I to love this cat. Time He's going back in time to talk to us and tell us about training literally the world's strongest man and one of the biggest stars uh, on one of the biggest game or one of the game shows, one of the biggest shows. I fucking yep. love Game of Thrones. I oh, fucking I, love I Strongman. am so excited for this because this is yeah. Dude, I'm so sorry, but we're bumping you though. Oh, I didn't tell you that. No, I'm joking. Um, but uh, no, this, but, is yeah. o- this is awkward now. This is awkward. No, but uh, yeah, that's so that's gonna Thanks. be good. You do not want to miss it. Uh, so from Six Pack Lapidat and Paul Moranzan, hope you liked it. Until next time. Peace.